Now, uh, help me out, Blaster. Transform and play something uh, nice. And now, a nice and nifty musical selection for easy listening. <laughs> Hold on to your dancing shoes and go, man, go! One shall stand, one shall fall. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall, a Transformers TCG podcast broadcasting live from an underground bunker in the middle of the murky Midlands. I want to boot some Decepticon right in his turbocharger. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down, Cliff Jumper. Wow. Seriously, put that gun down. You're going to kill somebody in this studio. Goodness. Right. Anyway, I'm your uh, host, Lee, from Blue Top Productions. And uh, today, I have a motley crew of people to talk everything about Transformers the TCG. That's right. The trading card game based on the cartoon from the 80s. This podcast will talk about news about the Transformers the TCG, new releases, deck profiles, and stuff that's happening in the community. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. One shall stand, one shall fall. What's up, guys, and welcome to another fantastic episode here on Bleed Top Productions of One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall, the one and only... That's right, TCG Transformers uh, podcast on the airwaves. This is episode 14, and we've got an interview. A very, very, very special interview, because uh, there's been a bit of a a rumbling through uh, some lovely individuals that uh, Dave and Mino, saying this guy has been chomping at the bit to get on and talk some Transformers with us. So this episode, we are joined by Wes from Powered by Primus. How are you doing, Wes? I'm doing fantastic. You got, How are you guys? I am fantastic. And my co-host, my brand new, I'm still going to say this, my brand new shiny co-host is with me as well, Dave Cook from the Energon Hustlers. How are you doing, Dave? I'm good, thank you. Good evening. Hi, Wes. Thanks for joining us this evening. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So, Wes, we can, we can break the ice now. Welcome. You're here. I feel like there's some sort of epic, like, pyrotechnics going on, you know, the, the the planets have aligned. You are now on One Shell Stand, One Shell Four, mate. Excellent. We're right in the middle of, a, like, a Rammstein uh, live concert, so there's... Oh, there's that's amazing. Pyrotechnics <laughs> and flames exactly. everywhere. There we go. <laughs> exactly, mate. Exactly. So, so what we wanted to do with this interview, obviously, you know that we interviewed your buddy Matifer from the Ark. Yeah. And... And what we want to do with this one, we're going to talk a little bit about the arc, but you are one of the the main brains, should we say, behind the raid concept for Unicron. And we wanted to talk a little bit more about how that design space is going. Uh, where is it going in the future? And have you got any possible plans for any other kind of raids and stuff? Because I can tell you for a fact, I'm a huge fan of it. And uh, I'll, let, I'll let Dave talk about it now because Dave absolutely loves it. Yeah, well, I've to sort of just before we start recording, I just said how much my wife Claire loves it obviously Claire's my co-host on on the YouTube channel where we do some gameplay stuff but she's not really a massive fan of the intellectual property she she knows Transformers and stuff but she's not into it into it but when I showed her the Unicron she's like well that'd be really good because we can play it with our six-year-old because my six-year-old lad plays it and she's hooked on it she just cannot like every time should we play Unicron (laughs) yeah right any excuse to get the cards out, do you know what I mean? She absolutely loves it. But I think it stems from her magic background because we used to play a lot of Plane Chase and Arch Enemy. Uh-huh. 
and it's like it really but Unicron in particular feels like playing arch enemy like it really has that you're in a race against time to beat the big bad and you know, obviously magic it was the scheme cards whereas unicorn it's like i'm just chaos countering up and up and up and when you see it hit like 15 17 and you're like oh my god it's it's honestly like, <laughs> it can, what, what you guys uh, it can be pretty scary uh we have lost terrifying. i have lost games uh you know so have we <laughs> when it's like oh 20 oh hmm well okay <laughs> Set it up and let's go again. Yeah, it's honestly it's so good. Um, is exactly what I want. I, I, I actually there was a blue talk um, from your um, co-conspirators, Blues on Attack, um, last year where they interviewed Drew, and I actually asked a question to Drew in in via the channel. It was like, do you have any plans to do Unicron? And he was like, maybe, maybe a raid, maybe this, maybe that. And then obviously we had the the news, and then Jamie. And obviously yourself have been working on the raid post cancellation. And then when Jamie released the video, I was like running around the house like so I was like a child at Christmas. I was just so it so was like, it's a unicron, look at this clear. She's like, oh whatever. <laughs> and then and now it's her favorite <laughs> game format. It's amazing. That, I mean so, it's awesome to hear. Um, for one. We love to hear that people enjoy it as much as they do, and the feedback we've gotten from it has been tremendous. There has been, you know, I mean, as always, there's always naysayers and everything that, uh, uh, everything, anything custom that people do. But uh, I would say 99% of the response has been positive and, uh, you know, just, you know, we're just happy that everyone liked it. <laughs> we were afraid. Yeah, I mean, we, anytime, anytime you put your name on something that is... Uh, you know, and you put it out into the universe, and you hope the universe responds in kind, and uh, they did. Uh, the Transformers TCG community, the best, the best card game community I've ever been a part of. Actually, one of the best fandom communities I've ever been a part of, uh, responded with uh, unanimous, "Hey, we love it." Yeah, absolutely. Like it really is such a well-designed um, raid, and just feels really like a race against the clock. Like I've just said, but. For those listeners that haven't seen it, obviously we'll put a link in the video to to the Unicron raid um, on the Powered by Primus channel, and that sort of goes through how you play the raid, doesn't it, Wes? Yep. And um, like it's just so good, it's so thematic. It feels because Transformers movies, like arguably my favourite part of of Transformers, like that's that was the pinnacle of my childhood in relation to to, to the robots in disguise, and it was just absolutely amazing to see. Like scourging his sweeps, and it's like a never-ending army. They just won't die. You kill one, and it's like, oh, I'll just bring one back. So, unconventional flying object scourge. You know, oh my goodness, you'd be it. surprised. That and, went through a uh, <laughs> that went through a fair number of iterations before we we kind of got it right. Uh, yeah, it definitely was. I would say it was one of the uh, one of the more difficult parts of getting the getting the numbers and the tuning right. Because we like the idea of you know Scourge and his and, and and the sweeps and having a whole lot of them, but finding the right number was was uh, was tricky, was tricky. Yeah, if because it, it, it feels hard with just two because they do just keep coming back. Like you know it that that phase one of the um, raid is generally what we found when we've played it. That's the make or break. How quickly you can get through the Scourge is whether you can win that raid or not. Because Galvatron and Cyclonus, if you've got enough members of your teams left, can generally punch through to Galvatron and Cyclonus and get to Phase 3 quite quickly. 
But that phase one, we've had games where it's like, they just won't die. They just won't go away. They keep coming back. And obviously Scourge just hides behind their brave. It's, yeah, it, it's cool. It kind of sort of leads me on to sort of one, of, one of the questions with regards to the Unicron Raid, if if you don't mind me asking. It's just like, did you draw any other inspiration from, from other either board games or card games when, when designing the yeah, raid? Yeah, um, as a matter of fact, I am a huge fan of a card game called Sentinels of the Multiverse. And they recently did their big raid end-all event called Oblivion. And uh, I love Sentinels of the Multiverse a lot. It is my favorite uh, just baseline, just standard kind of game that I like. You know, if someone had an opportunity to say, hey, do you want to play a board game? And I'll be like, yeah, let's play Sentinels. And... My friends think I'm a broken record sometimes, but uh, I really enjoy that game. And so uh, that had a uh, an influence on how the Unicron Raid was designed. Obviously, uh, you know, the arch enemy uh, influenced Unicron's design, but the idea of the, the timer and the uh, subsequent waves of... Wave one, wave two, wave three of each uh, each portion of the raid was kind of influenced a little bit by Sentinels, which uh, the Oblivion uh, in Oblivion you are fighting the main big bad guy Oblivion and he pumps out several different phases of the game and Unicron I we felt it fit very well with how the Transformers TCG played to do something very similar, so. We drew a lot of influence. We I drew I drew a lot of influence from uh, from there. Uh, I'm the one who suggested the that portion of the game, the different phases, and both uh, Jamie and Sam, the other member of Team Primus, who were we were the three main developers of the Unicron Raid, uh, all just really like kind of like like locked onto that and were like, oh, this is fantastic. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Like I, I need to check out that game now. I'm a massive board gamer as well so highly recommend like, it. it's a great co it's, a, it's a wonderfully yeah. cooperative game so yeah i think there are like favorite style now there seems to be so many good co-op games out there you know one of the games that me and claire play a lot is arkham horror lcg which is again but you, you, you very rarely win that because it's yeah. designed to make you lose but it's <laughs> so so fun so fun um, so yeah, I'm, Sentinels of the Multiverse. Sentinels of the Multiverse. Yeah, yeah. Sentinels of the Multiverse is super cool. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to board game geek that later. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's really cool. They're actually funny enough. They're bringing out a miniature version or something, aren't they? Yeah, or I, along I, those lines, I kick think. started that one at its uh, ridiculously high. There we go. Get all the miniatures <laughs> painted <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. I spent more money than I should have on uh, that Kickstarter, but yes. As you do, <laughs> as you do. It's like. It, it, I think I think that's just the gamer thing, isn't it? We always spend more money than we really should, but you know, it's not dead money because you get the amount of hours you're going to have out of playing those games. Is it's it's you know I've got some really expensive stuff like Nemesis and um, Star Wars Rebellion. They're they're expensive games, but when you play them, you're like, this was worth right. every single penny. So I'm gonna check I'm gonna check that out for definite. Okay, Lee, do, do you want do you want to go with the next question? Yeah, you know, I was gonna ask like Wes, what do you do in the community? But you know, I think we've just gone straight into it. So let's just keep going straight into <laughs> it. I absolutely love it. So so Wes, um, obviously you've 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 touched on it that the um, you know, uh, Heroes of the Multiverse was a huge inspiration for this. But uh, if we just track back a little bit, what um what's your background with card games and stuff like that? Is there anything 
in any other car games you played before Transformers? And yeah. Which kind of took, you know, um, obviously making you want to uh, take part in, like, becoming, you know, partnered with uh, the Ark and also with Powered by Primus, because you're in Jamie's playgroup, I believe. Yep. Right? So uh, my background is, I mean, I'm a general uh, kind of all-purpose gamer. Um, I board game, role play. Uh, card game, you know, I've been doing that for years and years of my life. Uh, you know, started cut my teeth with D and D when I was eight, and haven't stopped playing D and D since then. Um, got into Magic right when it was coming out. Uh, I worked at a local game shop in um, Denver that got uh, some beta boosters in, and I promptly bought them out. Awesome! <laughs> I bet there's some value in them. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, Played uh, Magic the Gathering pretty hardcore from about, you know, 90, you know, early, late, late 93, early 94 till about 98, 99 is when I kind of got out of Magic. Magic and I have a very tumultuous relationship. Uh, it, bring, it brought out the worst in my competitive nature, and uh, my friends stopped wanting to play Magic with me uh, because... I was kind of a jerk when I played Magic, so I realized, well, maybe I should stop playing Magic. Um, and then I, uh, I transitioned very briefly. There was a game that came out in 99 called Magi Nation. Uh, it was a fantastic collectible card game, lasted a whole whopping two years, and then got canceled. Uh, you know, sounds familiar. <laughs> um uh, that game, uh, and that was my last. Uh, that was my last collectible card game. Uh, it ended in two thousand one, and that was the last time I played a TCG until Transformers. Wow! So I, I was, I felt so burned by the Magination thing that I was like, no, nope, no, nope, I'm done. I'm not going to play another collectible card game. I'm out. I'm happy playing board games and and role playing games, and you know, I don't need to spend as much money as I was on collectible card games. And then. Uh, I heard about the Transformers game, and I was like, ah, it's just another TCG. It just, nah, no. And then I saw a Learn to Play video. And... I was so the same, Wes. I was so the same. As I was like, I am done. I, I stopped playing Magic in 2016. I played from 97 to 2016. I'm very much like you. I got... I just found the, the, the tournament scene quite toxic and quite poisonous. And like you say, brought out the worst because it was all about the winning. You know, you're trying to qualify for the PTQs and, and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, I'm done. I'm not playing a CCG. I'll play Destiny for a bit, Star Wars Destiny. I was like, nah, costing too much money. I'm done. And then two friends were playing X-Wing. After playing X-Wing, they were playing Transformers. I was like, ooh, shiny Optimus <laughs> Prime. <laughs> yeah, I mean... So I'm a, I'm a sucker for it as well. So exactly the same circumstance. Yeah, so I, like, oh, I saw a Learn to Play video, and I was like, <laughs> oh, that looks interesting. And the closest game store to me didn't carry it, but I found out that it's supposed to be in Targets. So I went to my closest Target. They happened to have this original starter and 10 packs of Wave 1. And I said, ah, sure, I'll buy all 10 packs of Wave 1 boosters and the, uh, and the starter. And I opened, the, opened those up, and I got a uh, Legendary B and Grimlock in the first those first wow. 10 packs. Nice. Okay. Nice. Okay. Wow. And I was like, well, I guess I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I found uh, we had a local Facebook group, uh, got on with them, found out that they, there, was a, there was a couple local stores that actually actively supported the game. 
and I went and met uh, those guys. And then from there, Jamie started coming in to that store, and that's how uh, you know the group of us met Jamie, and that's how we kind of joined uh, what's uh, you know we call Team Primus, the uh, powered by Primus, uh, yeah. you know, playgroup. It's group. really good. I think I think that's how it all organically happens, isn't it? It kind of you you start playing a game, and then you you look on Facebook, you see what the people are, and then it can organically grow from there. And I think that's how it really does for multiple different types of games. Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean. The, the bread and butter of most of these games, uh, you know, is usually being able to find other people to play with. And, <laughs> you know, and co the time of COVID has uh, made it harder. But, you know, the web, the web games and being able to play through webcam or on Octagon and all that has made life a little bit easier. Uh, being able to, you know, I've been able to get in games with, you know, the, the boys from Blues on Attack, uh, the guys from Wreck and Rule, and of course, a few other folks from around the world. Uh, it's been really fun to be able to see the, the global community is still readily available and wanting to play, so. So yeah, that's uh, that's that's my kind of background when it comes to uh, card games and, and gaming in general. Awesome source. So so before I get Dave to to divulge into more of our questions that we've got for you. So, so uh, obviously then Wes, you just said you got in at Wave One and stuff like that. What would be your favorite Autobot or your favorite Decepticon from the whole game so far? Oh, jeez, uh, from the whole. <laughs> From, from, I would say waves. All right, let's keep it simple. Waves one and five, because obviously you've probably got your favorites that you have designed in the arc. But you know, let's go with what Wizards released. <laughs> so it is as as uh, as cheese balls it is. Uh, wave one, uh, hands down, um, Optimus Prime Battlefield Legend uh, is my favorite from Wave one. Uh, he just, I've always loved Optimus Prime. He was one of the first toys I ever got. He has always been that, like, you know, uh, you know, that hero that you always would like to have met in person. And even though he's a robot, you know, he's that guy that you, that, you know, he's that robot that you, like, would like, oh, if I could live my life, like, you know, as good as him, that'd be fantastic. So, of course, uh, Battlefield Legend uh, tops that spot in, uh, for uh, Wave 1, uh, Decepticon in Wave 1. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I'm not the biggest Decepticon fan. Um, okay, you can just shun them if you want, Wes. That's perfectly fine. No, 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 not, not, not. If you want to, it's 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 it's. <laughs> Show we them know where you, what side you stand on then in the war. It's perfectly fine, man. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, oh, jeez. Uh, you know, uh, gosh. Um, you know, I. I mm. I'm going to have to say, you know, uh, as always, you know, Optimus Prime's foil, of course, is Megatron. And even though uh, the Megatrons from Wave 1 were, uh, um, well, let's just say they're not great. Uh, trash? Uh, tr trash is a, uh, okay, yeah, they're a bit trash. Uh <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, I don't know how. So, so Drew kept telling, to, whenever Mike and me had an opportunity to talk to him, he, he always said, that Megatron Living Weapon is as powerful as Optimus Prime Battlefield Legend. He always said this, and I was like, I, I think my brain doesn't 
quite understand what you're trying to say, Drew. So I might I don't might need to just ask him now. I don't know how how how. I don't think is. anybody's That's brain understood is. that because I don't think anybody yeah <laughs> agree could agree no. with that statement. So, so I'm, um. Yeah, it's it's pretty bizarre. Wave two, of course, uh, for me, it was the aerial bots in Superion. Yes. Uh, they just... Uh, I wanted Volcanicus to be a thing, but Volcanicus was not a thing. Um, and he still isn't a thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I wanted uh, I wanted that big, beefy boy combiner to be fantastic, he, he was uh, unfortunately just a... Uh, uh, he was trash. Uh, still, yeah, we still go. Is. I was waiting for you to bring out yeah. the T world. It's fine. Uh, has been used. Uh, wave, t uh, wave two Decepticon. I really was happy that they brought in um, uh, the triple changers with Springer and uh, Blitzwing, and I thought the whole I, th I thought the concept of Blitzwing was cool. Just wasn't quite as good as he could have been. But I really, I did really like the triple changer aspect. So uh, Blitzwing would probably be my wave two. Uh, wave three, I mean, I gotta go with, ooh, I played a lot of decks with General Optimus Prime. Uh, he was far and away. Uh, I loved his giving everybody tough and bold, and then when he when he swung in, he was tough, bold, and focused. He was just, he was great. Um, so my the deck that I played at Gen Con actually uh, that I did really well with there was uh, was with General Prime. Um, ah, God, I can't really uh, Decepticon Wave Three sh was a uh, Shockwave was Wave Three, right? Yeah, Major Shockwave. Major, major Shockwave. Yeah, yeah. He, he's so. He good. represents <laughs> everything that I hated about Magic, but everything that I loved about the th the theme of the character. Okay. Like, he he fit the theme of who Shockwave is so well of just like, I'm just going to wreck everything that you want to do, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. And I thought that was excellent. Um, wave four, I will say, uh, Lord Megatron was amazing. Uh, he was fantastic. I uh, just. I unfortunately had to play against him too many times uh, at uh, the Energon Invitational uh, for my uh, for my liking, uh, you know. And uh, I just hate uh, playing against him in a limited uh, format when uh, you're stuck with Trail Trail uh, Trailbreaker and your opponent has Lord Megatron, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I got Trailbreaker. <laughs> it's like it's like C3PO <laughs> with Doomed. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, uh, let's see. Captain Ironhide, what wave was he? Was he wave? He was, he was wave three. He was, he was three. You could go Ironhide well, as well. He, he, he definitely ranks up in, as one of my favorites in wave three. Uh, Ironhide is, uh, so there's a question asked, uh, you know, I remember seeing it asked, who's my favorite Transformer? Uh, total, and that's Ironhide. Like, hands down, uh, he was the very first Transformer I was, I ever owned. Uh, I was, you know, it was a gift. It was a, it was a gift given to me, and I fell in love with the fact that I had this dopey uh, uh, van that turned into a dopey-looking robot. Because I'm sorry, but the Generation One Ironhide Ratchet toys are, <laughs> whew, oh, mate. not the, not the best. <laughs> but, but they were my. But he was my first, and I loved him in the cartoon. Um, I thought he would. He just he was my. 
he he's always been my, my my favorite. I mean, I'm when they made Captain Ironhide, I was like, oh my gosh, I can make a three wide Ironhide deck, and I'm gonna call it Iron Wide. Yes. Yes. Nice. <laughs> oh my and I love it. Love it. So, um, and then uh, let's see, Wave Five. Wave five had a lot of interesting things. Like the, uh, I love Fort Fort Maximus. I thought his whole design was kind of inspired. Um, except then, after playing him, I realized the you're not really playing against Fortress Maximus. You're playing against Cerebros. Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because that's really uh, that the game doesn't start until you get to Cerebros. <laughs> and then the game's usually over, and you're like, oh, I just lost. Okay, I'm just going to go over here now. I was also a really big fan of a, I was, I was a big fan of Triptychon, uh, the idea of Triptychon, but, uh, you know, compared to Metroplex, he was trash. Um, yes. Sad, sad dinosaur. Which, is, which was unfortunate. Yeah, very sad dinosaur. Very sad dinosaur. <laughs> very sad dinosaur. So, I mean, that's, that's basically, I think, those are the, you know, my, my faves. And, you know, maybe I didn't like the cards so much, but I, enjoy, I love the fact that they were in the set um, were those guys. Awesome source. Cool beans. Yeah, I think right. I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like, where, like it doesn't matter if the card's rubbish. If it's one of your favorites, you'll play it. It's like I I I try to make Tripticon work so hard prior to Jamie's stratagem. I was like, I want him to be good. Is is his giant dinosaur? He needs to be good. It's like yeah, every time I'm it's... like, oh, I've lost again. Oh, I've lost again. And then then Jamie literally before the, even the whole set had come out for the arc, I I printed out. I did a blue Peter jobby, which is a, a very old um, UK children's program where they literally just made stuff out of cardboard and paper um, and i just did a blue peter job um, <laughs> scout the area i'm like i'm playing with that immediately and i just loved it it's so good yeah that card uh surprisingly went through uh like uh, the several iterations of like oh it's not strong enough oh it's too strong oh maybe it's not strong enough oh or how about this and then we finally just said screw it let's just do this and it and we tested and tested and played and played and you know and it was like you know what it makes Triptychon playable yeah what's the hundred percent and and when people say oh it's just that's so much it's like but making him playable is too much i i don't understand yeah. that no it's disagree oh, yeah because because no, we I all want to make a big completely. dinosaur work and i think you found Obviously, like you say, your stratagem is solid. It makes him playable. But I'm just curious because Dave and me both love our big boys, and we both love Tripticon. What was? Could you could you tell us? Because obviously, it's probably you know. Obviously, when you said it went through several iterations, which was the most broken that you had Tripticon's uh, stratagem to make him playable and bonkers? Then, Wes, can you can you recall one of them of just being how crazy it was? Um, let's see. I know that there was. Uh, an iteration where instead of I'm trying to I'm trying to think I know there, there there's one iteration where it was kind of everything that you have in the stratagem now except uh, it didn't uh, I think you could re you could recur something I think you could bring back uh, relentless invasion oh. and again and that was that was just like you know that was kind of unanimously everyone just kind of went mm, no <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair, fair. and so ultimately we just settled on the you know giving making it like uh you know heroic and villainous spotlight 
um, being able to grab two white uh, icon star cards, which doesn't limit it to just, you know, Relentless Invasion. Like, if you wanted to do Fuel Cash, or you wanted to do, you know, you wanted to do another white, white, white star card, you could. It just, you know, it works best with Relentless Invasion, but you still have some build room available to do something else. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, because you can play, like, one, one Relentless, can't you? And then you can go, well, exactly. the second white card's going to yeah. be Leap of Faith or Fuel Cash or something, you know. I, I, really like, I really like Leap of Faith with Triptychon. It's just so good. Oh, I'll Leap of Faith into a Battlefield Incursion into something else yeah. nonsense. <laughs> and yes, die. And the, the this, one big thing it, that we that, found that made Triptychon playable was giving him a free deploy. And some people may argue with that, but the thing is, is Metroplex basically has a free deploy every time he transforms back. So there was uh, what separated the two Titans was the fact that Triptychon just didn't... You were sometimes kind of luck of the draw if you were going to be able to get one of his little, his little weenie bots out to help. And uh, we kind of made it so, hey, you're guaranteed at least one, one of his little guys once. And that made all the difference in kind of getting him past that first turn, uh, first or second turn um, hump that Triptychon usually ran into. Yeah, definitely. Because if 100%. yeah, because if you didn't if you didn't see Battlefield Incursion within the first two to three draws, you game over. You just couldn't survive. Whereas like with with the stratagem, you can fart out a guy on turn one, and then if you've got if you're going second, you've got Battlefield Incursion. You can spit out another guy. So you got two of the little guys. Early and I always um, what's the one that draws your cards? I can't remember his name. Is it full tilt or wipeout? Mm, I think it's full tilt between the two. I think yeah, the the one that we draw cards because like if you if you spit him out and he just gives you that that um, dig, doesn't he, to to get the extra battlefield incursions and just get the engine rolling. So I think personally, it's exactly what Tripticon needed. Um, it's just great. I love I love playing tripticon he's just so much fun and to have something that gives him that consistency was definitely well needed so anyone that says it's too powerful i don't think it is because if you put him against sky shadow or anything stupid then he still he still burns down come now if you put anything against sky shadow it's usually uh yeah well yeah this is true yeah, this is true but it's, true. it's... yeah sky sky shadow's banned in our house yeah. sky shadow is <laughs> just, just a bad a bad word in my house yeah, yeah, I, I don't. I, I've never played him, and I think it's not just because I know he's quite popular. I just know that was supposed to be Overlord in my deep, darkest minds. That was supposed to be Overlord, and uh, they just didn't have the, the gumption to change his name from that to Overlord. To be honest, uh, that I, if it was Overlord, I'd be playing it all the goddamn time. It'd be amazing, but no, unfortunately <laughs> not. And it's, it's um, it's uh, it's a wipeout that draws cards, guys. I didn't want to uh, disown you guys because oh, you because cool. you guys love loved. I didn't want to be like, well, actually, but uh, now you guys have. I'm the well actually guy all the time, so that's I get it. Getting well actually is okay by me. Okay, all right. So, uh, Dave, should we go uh, go into our next question then, bud? Yeah. So, sort of staying staying on on the card design stuff. So, what what was the, your favorite card that you personally designed from the art wave? Uh, my favorite card, uh, bust some deceptive chops. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that card. I love it. It's it's limited in its in its scope. I mean, the thing about it is is that the I mean, it's followed closely by jazz uh, that I helped design with Matifer. But um, as I said, I love Ironhide and anything I can do to make Ironhide better and. The thing is, is that, you know, there's not much you can do with uh, the Sentinel Ironhide because he's so intrinsically tied to the Sentinels. And 
so I didn't want to do anything there. Um, Captain Ironhide is pretty solid, but anything that gives him a star cost puts him at a range where I don't think you'd want to play him yeah. at that point. Um, because he'd go from 9 stars to 10 stars, and that's uh, that's a lot to ask. Uh, because he's, he's okay, he's not great, and for 10 stars he'd be... Mm. Uh, and so I was like, what, do, uh, you know, well, baby Ironhide, wave, wave one starter Ironhide, what can we do, what can I do for him? Hey, you know what, you know, and we, we talked about it and we, I looked at it and I was like, why don't we just give him, when he's fighting Decepticons, it gets bold one, bold two, tough two. It's so theme, it's so theme where it's like, you know, the, the day I put together the truck deco I, I recently had on our channel was the day that me and my son watched Transformers a movie again because he's not allowed to watch it too often because he's he's only six and there's the there is the s word in there and, and like my wife gets a bit twitchy but um like we watched it just that lie you know just bust some deceptive shops and it's just so theme it's just so cool every time i look into a monitor prime my circuit sizzle when are we gonna start busting deceptive shops um and, and I think I think it turns that little six star joke of a, a Ironhide because he he was a bit naff because he hadn't he was completely vanilla right. no abilities, but to give him that get and give it in both modes is really cool. I think a lot of people don't really realise that. It's the same with the Red Alert one that was in the Art Wave one. Yeah, it affects both modes. So uh, let's face it, a truck with three armor with tough two is not anything to be sniffed. That's actually quite good, particularly if he's wearing trithelium plating, which is. And he also has. Four more health. Exactly. So he's what, 11? 11? Yeah, it puts him at 11. Yeah. And yes, uh, we know that it puts a... It, we, we understood that it put that particular character in uh, in that one-shottable... He's the he's the hardest to one-shot character of that star count. Um, because I think you need f uh, three, so 14. You need uh, at least 15 damage, I think, to uh, just get him completely... To ensure he's off the table. Um, we we get that, but again, how many people are going to be building a ton of Ironhide, uh, Ironhide in a ton of decks? I mean, that's just it. Yeah, he's, me. <laughs> he's now he's now playable. He makes it makes me happy, but you know, he rolls up against other Autobots. He's just got eleven health. I mean, that's that's yeah. you know, it's nothing special. I was just going to say, like, if you if you stack him up now with the other seven star um, trucks that have come since, like Gears, he's ten health, and Ironhide was tough than Gears, you know. Like, yeah, an Outback's what six stars for ten health. Is yeah, it? I mean he he's he's he becomes he's he becomes a bit of a, a can be a bit of a powerhouse, uh, harder to kill, great to wall up with, and if you run three wide Ironhide, you know he becomes the MVP of your team almost. Uh, he's usually my lone my last standing Ironhide, but he's also the most dangerous usually at that point because put him with a static laser yeah, on top hard. of that and yeah he and as you as long as you're playing against decepticons <laughs> it's really hard and it's just uh, quite, quite ironically like the game shifted towards decepticons quite heavily towards the end of its official lifespan so yes like he definitely fulfills a role there as well if you want to look at a more competitive side of things you know seven stars for an 11 health bold two tough two is actually really really strong so yeah no no that's a great answer man and obviously yeah we we talked to matt on our previous episode where he he said he brought you on board for jazz you know what was that like working with matt uh it was great matt was uh the man is uh thousand miles a minute ten thousand ideas um all flying at like warp speed and 
it was it was fun to just kind of kind of you know kind of zero in on what do we want jazz you know you know i said i want jazz to go back to his spec op spec ops roots you know one of the very first comics that i remember uh, uh reading about jazz strangely enough was the man of iron story from the uk um uh transformers comics where jazz has to basically you know he's he's kind of befriends this kid and finds out there's this ancient transformer buried somewhere in the uh buried somewhere that he's got to help him and you know the whole thing was jazz was staying out of sight he was staying quiet you know he was he you know and he had to he had to creep up on everything and didn't and couldn't do everything out in the open but when he did oh he he brought he brought the thunder and that's kind of the idea for the new jazz was you know he's got stealth in you know so he's quiet you don't see him coming you can't directly go at him he's gonna you know he's always gonna be able to see what your plans are he's always gonna be able to see your hand but you know have to make it so it's not 100% actionable all the time. It's like, okay, I can see your hand, but maybe right now I can't do anything about it. And so when he flips back, that's when he can disrupt your plan, but it's not, you know, he can't choose exactly what he gets rid of. It's all, that's why it's random. And then, you know, because, you know, and so giving, you know, it just, we just really wanted to get back to who the character was and the character, A, he was Optimus Prime's number two. Uh, regardless of you know them always saying Prowl was supposed to be the second in command, that was never really the case. It was always Jazz, and uh, based on stuff from the IDW comic books, and then on top of that, I just wanted to make a, a playable, you know, Jazz that are that is just going to make people kind of cry a little bit. Um, and uh, uh, in the games that I've played with him, he has a tendency of uh, making people just go, "Oh God, not again." <laughs> 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 which because i have a deck i have a deck that i've built that uses wave uh wave one jazz and his stratagem and the new jazz and let me tell you that wave one jazz stratagem it makes jazz it makes jazz kind of like scrapnel a little bit yeah it looks really i've not had a, i've not had a chance to try it out yet. on on the on the outsets yes it's it's definitely He's, he's still a character that is very fragile. He is still a character that unfortunately having 10 health and no defense really doesn't doesn't do him any favors. But his you know his original design was really I think where I don't think they had Pierce as heavily invested as they think there was going to be in later waves. And then once uh, once wave three came out, he became worthless worthless. He was already semi worthless in wave two. But it became super worthless in Wave Three, um, so we kind of looked at it as an opportunity to do what they did with Cosmos, and you know, just kind of errata him a little bit, just make it so. Hey, if they're eight stars or lower, guess what? If I flip two whites, you're only doing two damage to me. Um, which you know, if you look at Scrapnel, you know, he can only take three damage each time he gets hit so it's a similar kind of thing it's just and if they want to commit their really big boy to take jazz out okay uh yeah sure go ahead by all means please commit your big your big your 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 big character to taking my six star jazz out and then i'll just take out your big character with my subsequent turns so 
Yeah, so I have a really good Autobot Cars 4-wide Pierce deck that revolves around those two jazzes. I, in fact, call it All That Jazz. I was going to say, yeah, if it's not called if it's not called All That Jazz, you pick, but, but obviously, being, being RoboWares, you've already thought of that. So <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> being, he's... He's miles miles ahead of us, and he's and he's and he's made us eat a little bit of our crow because I'm not gonna lie, I think I didn't give the jazz stratagem enough justice on our preview video, on our review video even. You know, and like I said, it doesn't make him, you know, it 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 doesn't completely make him amazing. It just makes him more playable. Yeah, and I feel like that goes across the board a lot with a lot of your characters that and some of your strats you've done in the set is. You haven't made them too overpowerful or anything like that. You've made them playable, which, you know, we wanted all the characters to come back a little bit. Obviously, there was probably going to be some sort of rotation if the game continued when it came to competitive play and stuff like that. But we wanted to see, you know, some of those old guys come to the forefront. Because if I look at Wave 1 and I look at it, uh, say, from a competitive standpoint, it's like mainly bugs and possibly, you know, Battlefield Legend... Yeah, probably the standouts flame, you know yeah, few of the dino bots yeah, no, there's not a lot of characters that basically will go oh yeah they'll play again now because uh, because even now like let's just say it just looking at it from that perspective still like you know flame war still really good but people are like oh no night race is a little bit better now you know I so disagree. Like, yeah, you know they do different yeah and i'm on your front as well rest they, they they both do different things yep they're, they're think, you know, they, they, thing. they fit a very good role in very different ways. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, our catchphrase, a hundred percent. Is that is literally our catchphrase, isn't it? Yeah, I think like night night race is really good. Obviously, if you've invested heavily in secret actions and you can spy masters one under her, she's she's slightly better. She's got different um, trait. You know, she's range and not specialist. So, but they like like you both said is like they they did different entities in their own right and they do different things. You know, if you want that carpet tough one all the time. Flame was better. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Hundred percent. Right. So um, we'll move on to another question, Wes. I'm really intrigued because 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 I really want to talk about this whole raid idea. Like, yeah. I've played it on my channel. Dave's played it on uh, his channel. We both love and rave uh, this this raid concept. So so one of the questions uh, we 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 were brewing is basically obviously in the movie unicron is a big ass planet you know he's a planet he comes and eats other planets you know he's like galactus but in planet form so how did um you and the team decide on what his stats should be because technically i still think he's incredible like what you finally got him as but like when i break it down it's like this thing eats planets <laughs> How can you balance that? <laughs> uh, to answer you honestly, you can't. So you have you to do yeah. <laughs> you have to do the best you can uh, within the confines of the game that you have. And the game that we have is all, all revolves around you know health and defense and attacks and all that kind of stuff. So we kind of had to look at it as okay. He started out at fifty health. That was his original first pass at design. Um, that was insane uh it was it was you could never uh we found that with the early steps of testing and the early steps of design um he was nigh unstoppable um at 50 health and so we started playing with well what's a good health total that we want people to get to phase three to be able to fight unicron and still be able to beat him but he's still 
got a good chance of beating you. And so, you know, we looked at, uh, okay, well, who are the characters that are in the same kind of big Titan level kind of thing? So there's Metroplex and, you know, Metroplex at 35 health and Unicron at 35 health. Well, what's, you know, well, that doesn't seem... Well, you also have to chew through all the sweeps and you have to chew through all Galvatron and Cyclonus. So you have all this other health on top of Unicron's health that you had to get through. And so after playing around a little bit, the raid was originally a four-person raid. Three players versus Unicron. And then that came with a whole list of other incidents and problems about, especially the sweeps. Uh, the phase one portion at, at, at three players versus one was, uh, it was, how many sweeps do we have? Oh, okay, well, let's have three sweeps. Let's have four sweeps. Well, that then becomes an impossible wall to get through. Like, you just can't put out enough damage uh, in a consistent amount of time to be able to get through all the sweeps without Scourge recurring them and getting more sweeps out on the table and things like that. So it was really, we, we tested him with Team Primus, I would say a good three to four hours a day for a good month, um, playing with the different, uh, you know, playing with the different ideas, tossing th these things out, this idea, changing these numbers, you know, you know, we would do weekend weekend marathon sessions where a group of us, uh, five six members of Team Primus, would get together and we would just play for six seven eight hours a day just trying to get through that Unicron raid uh, and try, and tweaking the numbers and finding out where does the sweet spot lie in beatability and not beatability. Like, you know, where's the best place, you know, where, where is he gonna be where he's gonna be dangerous enough that you may not win against him, but not too bad that, you know, victory is still something that can happen. And that was, I think, really where we came down to was we didn't want Unicron to be unstoppable because he's not unstoppable. I mean, they proved it in the movie. So we just wanted to we just wanted to find a place where he was going to be, you know, a fun, you know, hour session to play, hour, hour and a half. You play Unicron. Hey, you want to play again? Fantastic. Hey, let's do new teams. One of the things we don't, you know, that we... The, th the thing that I hate seeing the most, and I guess hate is a strong word, you can cheese Unicron out hard. You can build decks that are specifically designed to just hose Unicron into, like, you know, and, and you know, like, you know, you're playing a horrible deck. You're playing, you know, you know Sky Shadow Horrible. You're playing one of those high top tier meta decks. The thing is, is that Unicron wasn't, the, the raid wasn't designed in, with that in specifically in mind. It was designed with, the folks sitting around their, their kitchen table or hanging out in their local game shop, they only got a couple people available to play. Hey, let's bust out Unicron and play some games. And so the design portion of, you know, where we came to balance that was, uh, was testing. Just trying this number out, this combination out. Did this work? No, that didn't work. That was way too strong. That wasn't strong enough. And it just came down to finding a place where we kind of like the idea of a 60-40 split where you're going to win maybe 40% of the time and he's going to win 60% of the time. That changes as you learn and as you change your decks to maybe play Unicron. But then the Unicron player, we give them free reign. If they want to rebuild the Unicron deck to however they see fit, 
that changes the difficulty of the deck right there. We just say that, you know, make sure you use the uh, the cards that we included for the raid, <laughs> because if you don't, uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna that's gonna hinder Unicron something something fierce. So, um, yeah, so. That was kind of, that's where we kind of sat at where, and some of the ideas we came up with that were maybe too strong for the baseline raid are what we're putting into for our, what we are calling hard and nightmare mode of Unicron. Awesome. So yeah, before I'm going to ask you about those lovely things, um, I feel like it's quite mandatory because obviously I feel like looking at it from like an outsider's perspective, obviously you design, helped design it, Wes, was, I don't know if Dave would agree Dave will agree with me or not is the fact that I feel like when you play this you need to play theme because it's the movie you want to play theme so like the one that the only time I think we've only won the raid was on my channel and I played Dinobots because I was like they're the ones that kicked Unicron in the butt so I'm gonna play <laughs> them you know and um, yeah. and I feel like you want to play theme with it yeah no, no. I was, I was just gonna say totally. Like, like when when I'm looking at building decks, right? Like every time we play, because my son's like, I want to be Optimus Prime, but I feel like I'm like, yes, Prime was in the film, Aiden, but there are other characters in the film. So what about Springer and RC and you know Magnus and this and you know, because like, yeah, you can cheese it, like you said, you can cheese that raid if you want to. You can just load it up with direct damage, keep the chaos counters down, and just yeah, it's. But that's not what what you guys design that raid for. It's for, like you say, the kitchen table, like getting you, you, you know, the family together. In our case, or like you and a couple of friends, to just recreate that entire sequence of the movie in a really cool, fun way. And like, if you you can do it in any game, can't you? you can do it in any any format. Like you can play, you can either go full on tier, top tier, and make it so it's an unfun experience for the person who's playing Unicron. Yep. Or, or you can actually just have some fun because that's what it's for. Like, you know, you want to play top tier, go and, go and play events, and that's fun. And if that's your bag, that's cool, but don't don't bring it to a Unicorn raid. But it, like you say, if you do, and that's kind of like leading on to our next, next sort of question with regards to these variants and stuff, like, if you do want to make it harder, like you say, you can customize Unicorn deck. I, I play it as you gave it on, on um, the channel. Because that's the it just seems really balanced and really fair for Unicron, particularly if you're playing like I don't know some trash like teams which are just there for just to have fun with, you know. But sort of you said about the harder variants. Sorry, so I'm sort of le leading into another question here. But like, if you're allowed to say, what can we expect from these these hard nightmare modes? So yeah, um, we're planning on two additional modes: a hard mode and a nightmare mode. They will both be encapsulated in the form of a stratagem that you just play on the Unicron side of the table. So keeping it in theme of how the game works. Um, so I can't go into a ton of detail. Just know that being able to cheese Unicron with direct damage is going to be officially a thing of the past. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Nice. And also, no! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there are uh, a couple of uh, additional surprises that we, we have in store for that. And, we're, and these are designed to make it so if people really want to take harder, more competitive base decks against Unicron, that they can. 
Um, we, we, you because know, we want to encapsulate all levels of play with people on Unicron. If you know, from just the folks sitting at their kitchen table, and once they found, you know, they found a combination of like, oh, you know, Unicron's always really, uh, he's easy now. We're always able to beat him. Well, try him on hard mode. It becomes a lot harder. Now try him on nightmare mode. I bet you you're going to have to start finding new ways to beat him and new teams to build and, how, and to, to try to hide to, to how to try and beat him is kind of the ideas behind those. But we still want to always maintain that kind of, you know, he's still defeatable. He's still not going to be outside the realm of beating. He's just going to be just ratcheted up a notch, just ratcheted it's up true. a notch. That sounds awesome. So I feel I feel like it's really sad for me because as most of you know and most of my listeners know I love ranged characters so that's going to be a thing of the past from the sounds of it never mind <laughs> no more javelins for you Lee no, no more, more javelins. javelins well maybe Bloody not javelins. For, for Unicron <laughs> like I, when we played Unicron I would always play themes so even even though I couldn't officially play them I played a few of the Coneds with them because they hilariously met their demise by getting eaten by Unicron uh, and like, it was mad just sending Thrust in with like you know uh, a steamroll just to blow up Cyclonus or someone and be like yeah that's really good but then the one thing I, I think I love about the Unicron raid is the one thing where he just basically smiles, becomes the giant that he is, and then just deletes someone off the board. So, like, yep. you know, Optimus Battlefield Legend, delete. Uh, I think in my battle report, Ben, Ben, to quote Ben, I'm going to send Grimlock down the shops. And uh, he was off the table. <laughs> you know, I was well upset. He was like, oh, finally I get Grimlock to do something. No, jog on. And I, th I think introducing these new modes is really cool because obviously it keeps it fresh which is really, really, really cool. Because obviously, within the movie, you don't really have certain characters that kind of were born from Unicron, other than the ones that are obviously already in it. So I, d I assume you can't really add, like, Quintessons and stuff like that, because it just wouldn't work, would it, Wes, it really? Just, it, like, cause I mean... You're the Lord God. It just wouldn't fit in, would it? It... Not really. I mean... It, no. It, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, no. It just wouldn't. And, you know... That, that could that could be another raid though, couldn't it? The Quintesson raid. That could be another. Just the Quintesson could pit. be. It could That's be. It, but we're working on something else. See, I know. So Team Primus, we 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 found some success. People seem to like the idea of the raid, and we want to build a new raid. Uh, and we're gonna give the hard mode and nightmare modes. You know, it's gonna be a way to you know, kind of keep you going until we are able to debut the new one. Just know that, you know, Decepticons always have, always have a plan and their plan always usually ends at the end uh, after six phases. And there Freaking love happens it. to, you know, there happens to be a, uh, you know, very special Decepticons that, uh, you know, I'm just shooting from the hip here. Um, Oh, mate, I'm loving you know. all these puns. This is mad. I know, I know. You, you've answered one of my questions before I've asked it, Wes. That, that's how, how, that's how ama you know, amazingly powerful you are, oh, Robo Wes. You've already answered my question. I, I know from the hints what it's going to be, but I am not going to say. I, I no. think what, just that little tease Just there, know that's... we're gunning for all you TCG players. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. This oh, is getting Oh yes, worse. I love it, it's I love it. It's getting worse, <laughs> I love it. But the, but the most interesting thing was, without prying too much with that, so obviously you're doing a nightmare mode and also a hard mode. Would that, would that 
possible uh, new raid come with those included as well to give that a little bit more longevity as well, possibly? Uh, uh, yeah. Or is that something you haven't thought about yes. just because you just want to try and get the main base of that down? Yes. Uh, one of the things that we're uh, we're trying to work on, at least for the new for the new idea uh, for the new raid, is. Uh, uh, a couple people have already come up with some minor from some concepts. Uh, Brian Allen from Wreck and Rule uh, posted uh, his rules for an idea of an AI related uh, uh, where you know you play against a deck versus you playing against another opponent. Um, we're contemplating that for the potentially the new raid, uh, an idea surrounding that. But we still like the idea of you and a couple buddies sitting across you know sitting at the table playing each playing across from each other because that's what the transformers tcg started out as and we we don't really want to we don't want to we don't want to vary too far away from that we don't want to walk too far astride from that because uh it's, it's just you know and that's one of the reasons why the unicron raid got set at three players because after we did some numbers and did some tweaks and did some looking at we could have made it easily a three a, a three on one situation um uh, it did lead to some interesting interactions that we we were developing rules to deal with but then we realized you know it's actually hard sometimes to get four people together um harder than it actually you know hard, harder than it seems it's actually easier to get three people together than it is four <laughs> and so that's one of the reasons why we set the uh, the unicron raid at three people is because you know it's easy to get three people together four is sometimes pushing it especially in today's day and age it's uh while there might be an end in sight we're still a good you know six probably six months more away from that uh even being a real reality so you know, three people, you know, case in point, like Dave said, it's great for your family. You know, you, your wife and your kid. Boom, there you go, three people. I, I feel like your new raid is going to divide friendships because everyone's going to be fighting for that possible big boy that's been hinted to by you guys. I feel, I know for a fact that it will probably bring some of my friends who have kind of shelved the TCG, but have enjoyed playing your raid and enjoyed seeing the fan created content and building decks with those new cards that you've created as well as uh, others in the community uh but yeah i know for a fact uh, i i know one individual on the top of my head is like i'm in immediately and i'm only going to play him uh that's going to be a r unwritten rule guaranteed <laughs> by that race. i know that for a fact but no that's exciting i'm i'm really looking forward to that because that's if you're if you're not huge into like transformers or the law that guy is a monster yeah and he and it's so cool it's so cool that you're touching on on characters that either people really love or wanted in the game to begin with but see him in a new light because obviously that is just fantastic it's just really really cool let's just wait anyone who could take a direct hit from metroplex and get up and walk away deserves his own raid exactly 100 freaking percent absolutely it's <laughs> <laughs> just so good yeah he he like we're, we're delving into sort of spoiler territory there, and he's, he's obviously he's already spoiled it, but you know, um, I think it's quite funny when you when you have like a friendly that's like I'm playing that all the time. In our house, the rule is you play Unicron, and then the next time someone else. Plays. Okay, well that that I haven't that's, played that, Unicron that, that, that's, yet. That's the rule I in our house. I haven't played Unicron as some for some weird reason. I I'm like I don't know because this might sound really horrible to Wes. I never thought Unicron was that amazing. So everyone's always like, I want to play him. I want to play him. I want to play him. And I'm like, good. 
I, I don't really want to play the big eating planet, sorry. I, even though I love like Galvatron, the swoops and everyone and the whole game, I'd just rather be like the little guys like trying to climb the mountain. You know, that's I, I like that. Also, I like that a lot more. We do also have a another future idea of a way of giving some life back to Unicron. There is there is some early talk that me and Jamie have been discussing. Uh, there's a certain uh, individual that uh, Unicron specifically hates, um, uh, who encapsulates the entirety of who Cybertron is, and uh, there is talk that we may start working on a raid versus raid oh, deck. That's that's a yes. yeah that that's full circle as well, isn't it, Wes? So, so full circle, full, so full circle. But that's guys. gonna be that's amazing. That's gonna be later 2021, uh, if that does in fact materialize. So, that is that is completely indie, may or may not happen. So, everyone take that with a grain of salt. But we've take discussed it, it. Take we've it. discussed it. You can't, we're allowed. We're allowed. <laughs> All right, uh, Dave, have you got any other other questions to shoot at Wes? Kind of one, but maybe before we sort of skip on to um, sort of like the the listener questions, because we've got quite a few of those as well. Um, so obviously you've kind of alluded to the playtesting aspect of, of Unicron. Uh, and I imagine was that primarily powered by Primus, the Team Primus testing that. You know, are you going to be opening up the playtesting for this new raid to the rest of the arc? So... Uh, it wasn't just, uh, uh, Team Primus were the, we did the a majority of the testing, but Wreck and Rule did some testing. Uh, the Matifer and his group, uh, up in, up in Canada did some testing. Uh, Blues on Attack provided a lot of input and things like that. So the whole ARC team got input on the raid. Um, and we, of course, had a tremendous help from Mike King, who did all the card design for us. Because Mike King, uh, I, I will not—I will always sing his praises. Uh, our cards wouldn't look as good as they as they do if it wasn't for Mike. Mike hand built all of our templates, everything from scratch, for our cards. Wow. And, and you know, that's so that was awesome and then of course the wording and how the rules work wouldn't even nearly be as good as they are if it wasn't for carl uh endress uh so everyone at the arc had a hand a hand in the unicron raid um i will say the powered by primus team had the i would say we were most hands-on with it because we're the ones working on it constantly um uh and then taking the input and the feedback from the other from the other group the other teammates and everything trying to improve it, making the wording better, making things clear, making it so it didn't like, you know, play like a, a, a hoopty jalopy, you know, sputtering out, you know, exhaust fumes. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it was, uh, so, but uh, we'll definitely, as always, with anything related to the ARC, the ARC project is, okay, while we are all individual separate channels in regards of how we are content creators, when it comes to the cards, we are the arc. That's there is no dissemination at that point. It, we're not just blues on attack, wreck and rule, powered by Primus, Matifer, Mike, and Carl. We're the arc. We're all one team. So anything that yeah. you know, we're gonna put our name on, everyone's gonna have uh, you know everyone's gonna have input on. Um, you know the creators of the of our individual projects, as it were, um, have. 
I guess, first right of no, I don't agree with you, but we're going to take to heart what our co-creators say. You know, if they say that, that's a little dumb, you know, I'm going to believe them that they think it's dumb and we'll look at something else and we'll find an, a, another way to pull something else out that, you know, maybe keeps it in the same vein or the same, you know, kind of design intent, but is different. So yeah, and then when it comes to playtesting, uh, one of the biggest criticisms from ArcWave 1 uh, is people were like, oh, you know, we really wish you guys would have had a more open playtest phase. Okay, you know, that's not a terrible, terrible idea, and we're actually going to open up to uh, a wider group of playtesters for, for moving forward with projects for ArcWave 2 and things like that, because... We understand that people, you know, the more eyes that are on something, the more quickly we may see something, they may see something that we didn't see. So uh, for uh, moving forward, we are definitely going to have a larger, a large group of play testers. We're going to put, we're going to put more cards in more people's hands sooner uh, to make, uh, to, you know, give us that feedback that we need before we drop the wave in earnest. That, that's awesome. Like, so that's a really exciting thing to hear. You know, I know personally, I'd love to be, um, involved in some way and i know lee would be chewing your arm off i'm sure we'll uh we'll be able to you know get some cards in people's hands i i don't that that matt, so matt already knows how i don't see that I am about one guy yeah i know but Matt already knows you know, how for me, like, one guy. when when i heard about the arc and what you guys were planning to do i was so excited because I, I won't lie in july i was pretty depressed about the whole state of the affairs you know i've given this tcg my all you're not um, the only you know, one <laughs> yeah absolutely i think we all felt the same way you know here in the uk I, i'm not not just a a youtube broadcaster and you know me me and claire are really kitchen table players with transformers it's not something i take too seriously and we we just play for fun so look, quite often i'll really slop really sloppy but we enjoy playing and we enjoy doing it but for me the passion i have behind transformers was building that local community up and getting people to come to events and just hang out like we you know we did we only did a handful of tournaments most of our meetups were just let's go and play some cards yeah order a pizza and have a couple of beers or whatever you know um so yeah in july i was like uh, but then the whole thing with the arc and just it was just like the light that that that, that um the community needed so this is, you know it was just and when when i heard nick was doing galvatron sometimes so excited so excited <laughs> and, and um, i'm actually yeah, curious i, I want to see someone build a deck around uh uh, Unicron's Galvatron too. I'd like to see that because I've done that. I've done that. Okay, done I'll send you a list. I'll send you a list. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> Buzzsaw and Night Racer together, or Flame War, according to your flavor, mm, mm. because you don't get a lot of stars with him. But no. the Unicron Ray Galvatron, if you if you can load him up and you just go bang, he's a beefy boy. Don't care. He's really good. He's a beefy boy. And say it with me, Beefcake. 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 Yeah, there was a couple of videos on, on our channel um, actually with him. Like it didn't quite go my way, but I think after a few plays, I was like, right, you know, you know when you take a deck away and you change a handful of cards or maybe a character or this and that. Buzzsaw was really good with Galvatron because you could play a weapon on Buzzsaw swing and then get Galvatron's weapon for the next attack. Yeah, really cool. Yeah, really cool. Awesome. And Cyclonus as well. What a beast Cyclonus is. It's true. He is a beast. Uh, and it's funny because uh, the Cyclonus in the Ark set is more akin to Cyclonus from the movie and the cartoon series. Um, and so we didn't want to step on those toes with Nick. And so the Cyclonus we designed 
you know, changed a bit to be more like the 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 the, the warrior, the 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 swordsman Cyclonus that uh, is in the IDW series. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was, was going to say, say he's very yeah. much like the IDW, isn't he? With like the the blade flurry mechanic built in, with the flips and stuff. And if you can, if you can cheat a couple of flips out, like with an unconventional one, yeah, he's he's, he's like oh, sixteen damage. Yeah, he, he can be pretty. He can be he can be pretty uh pretty uh pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. very much so. Very much so. Very much so. So I I, I think I think that's all of. Yeah, unless you've that's... got anything else, Lee. I think I think we're good for yeah. our questions. Aren't yeah, we? our our questions are done. So before we get into the the mass hysteria, which is our viewer and listener questions, Wes, have you got any questions for us before we get to uh, Teletran? Have you got any questions for for Dave and myself, or should we yeah. just go straight into the emails? Why do Why do you hate on so much of what I made? I, mean, <laughs> I just. <laughs> That's Lee. That's not me. That's not me. I never said anything. Oh, no, no, no. Do not tie me with I, his brush. I, I, I'm being, I'm being completely, uh, completely uh, poking at, poking at you. Um, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Matifer asked a lot of the questions that I probably would have, uh, I, I actually would have asked uh, in his interview. Um, but obviously, uh, you guys are, of course, very happy and very excited that the. Uh, um, the the game is continuing on in the hands of the fan creators uh what do you guys want to see from from the uh from the fan groups uh like what are the not necessarily not necessarily bots per se but is there is there are there mechanics are there things that you would like to see addressed or something that you're like you know you know this is a problem or this needs more support um um Dave, do you want to go that's, first, that's a, or that's a have you got? Question. I've got my my. No, no. Do you want me to go? Okay. <laughs> you, if you've yeah, got I've, an answer, you, if you've got um, an answer, you go. I feel, I feel like it's always different for every person because everyone, like you stated earlier, where's your first ever Transformer was Ironhide, and now you've made Ironhide better, so that's really good and shed shed some light on him. It's funny that you mentioned Blitzwing. I was absolutely livid when I looked at Blitzwing and was like, that is such a missed opportunity by Wizards. Like this guy is a fan favorite and you just drop the ball. So I always feel like there's certain characters you wish you can revisit. And I think that's what fan creating stuff can do. Like I know they tried to re make him playable again with the strat. I tried him with the strat and he still, I was like, eh, he's still not the thing. Because when I looked at the second wave of uh, triple changes and like Drew addressed it in an interview I did ages ago with him, uh, that obviously Astro Train and Springer uh, the second time around with Springer, obviously, um, they addressed what the triple changes should have been in, in wave two. Uh, 100%. The damage had already been dealt. So, because um, basically, when, when I talked to him at the Energon Open, he was like, yeah, Springer and Blitzwing, that was definitely like our first take on triple changes. And then obviously with the next iteration of triple changes they did, which was Springer and Astro Train and stuff like that, they said they definitely improved on it. And then when we saw it, we were like, oh yeah, th this is miles beyond better than what the others were. So, okay, so I, I think I think. Let's wait. God. Yeah. God. So yeah, there we go. Good man. You know, you know, I love a bit of purple and purple and cream combo. A bit mad. Um, but no, I'm like, I like for me, for me, it's I like everyone knows, and I and I think it's just my worst worst thing about me is like I love running big boys. You've already you've already blessed us with resilience, and I. I think that's my favorite card of all time. It's taken over from Marksmanship and Sturdy Javelin and all that jazz because it's in every deck that I play with Combiners now. But obviously, 
with with fan-made sets, everyone wants to fix issues with combiners, like Alpha Tryon just did it with their combiners, which have really put them to the forefront, which is really cool. Um, there is one combiner that is trash, and I will gladly say trash, and is super iconic in the show. The, the, the lime green purple killing machine. Wizards, what were you doing? What were you thinking? To quote, to quote that movie. Like... That guy, I, I would love a better version of him. Like my, my okay. personal opinion is like combiners should feel like more power. Like Bruticus is scary. Like I've seen it on Dave's channel, scary. I've seen it on Jamie's channel, scary. You know, every time I've seen to play him, I'm like, I don't really want to play him. I don't really want to play him. He, he feels he feels like a combiner, like as Dave was mentioning earlier. But yeah, combiners. I, I just like I said to Matfa, just Blitzwing and Devastator. That's it. All right, all right. <laughs> Just those two. Just quite, those pa two. quite passionate about the combiners. Oh, come on, you, like, <laughs> like growing up as a kid for me, like I, I grew up on watching B movies and Godzilla films and like Power Rangers and stuff like that. What's better than robots fighting? Six robots combining to a bigger robot or a city that combines into an even bigger robot. Like, yeah, it's mad. Like everything. Like I, when I hundred percent agree. Bigger is better. Bigger is better. Like enough said. Thank you, Wes. Also, also before because I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna get a hilarious jab. Who the heck is Broadside? Like, who is uh, this guy? Who is Bro? He's just an aircraft carrier. So, like, well, just, that, what is he's it? not only just an aircraft carrier; he's actually a triple changer. Uh, broadside. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he becomes an airplane that can land on his aircraft carrier. I don't know. I really don't understand what? that. What? But yes, he's a uh, uh, broadside appeared in the Generation One cartoon, I believe, in about four if not five episodes total and then he was again in the japanese sequel series for in about for about six episodes um in general uh he was much better received in japan than he was in america um he was kind of near the he was he was he came in at the tail end of the uh of the the end of kind of the american toy craze i mean transformers effectively died in the united states in 1990 uh with the uh, with the with the unfortunate action master line uh, i don't want to talk about that um so uh so of course because uh mandate obviously is get as many uh toys that were selling in to the game into the cartoon as possible broadside of course uh was presented so interestingly so you know the deluxe insecticons which are venom aka venom uh barrage um ransack and um oh yeah the uh venom barrage ransack oh my god am i missing one of them chop shop. chop shop thank chop, you chop. uh they were never in the cartoon do you know why? Why? Nope. Because the they were a they were a toy that Hasbro purchased the rights to present in the United States as a toy, but they did not buy their broadcasting rights. So those characters were never allowed to be in the cartoon because Hasbro didn't pay to have them in the cartoon. They are considered the greatest failure of the generation one toy line because of that 
uh, followed closely by Roadbuster and uh, sorry, uh, Whirl, Roadbuster, and uh, Sandstorm. No, not Sandstorm. Sorry, Sandstorm was in the cartoon, but Ro Whirl and Roadbuster were not allowed to be in the cartoon because again, they were a third party. They were not Takara, and so they didn't buy the rights to show them in the in the cartoon. So I did not know that. Um, that's, 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 Rules, law, law, master, as Matt told us, man, law, master. There's a, <laughs> there's a reason why Jetfire was only in uh, roughly 16 episodes of Generation One, because of the amount of lawsuits and uh, copyright claims between the Valkyrie from Robotech and Jetfire's design. The toy, of course, as we know, was based on the VF1 Valkyrie from. Robotech and uh, Macross, yeah, and Macross that. respectively, but the cartoon, the likeness was contested multiple times being still too much like the Veritech for broadcasting rights. So ultimately Jetfire was written out of the series completely and Omega Supreme replaced him. Oh, that makes sense. Because there yeah. comes a point where Omega Supreme becomes the Autobots transport all over the place, and Jetfire is nowhere to be seen. Just that's it. He just disappears. I, I had that toy. I had because I, I remember the basic shell of of it. That what it, it was the Bandai miniature. It yep. was. It had Bandai, and you basically clipped the red plastic bits on, and it became Jetfire. And the uh, the strange part about it is is that uh, initially in the UK. Um, Jetfire was uh, the toy that came out as the tr as the Autobot leader, not Optimus Prime, because Optimus Prime's mold and rights to sell him in Europe was held by an Italian company for the first year or so of the Transformers toy line in the in uh, in in Europe, and so they couldn't release Optimus Prime in the UK initially. I, I, I vaguely remember that, like you know, I was only. Well, me and you are the same age, where so I'd have been more nine, eight, nine, eight, yeah, eight, 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 nine. Because I because my first toys were Sideswipe and Skywarp, and my then first uh, two. Swoop was never sold in the UK. No, do you know because what, he died in the UK comic book? Yeah, mm. there we go. I remember that. Yeah, remember that in the we, me and my family, my dad used to work for British Airways. I'm sort of totally digressing here, but we went on a family holiday to Florida in 1980... God, I was 10. 1986, we went to Florida. And I remember going into Toys R Us and seeing all these Transformers we could not get in the UK. You just couldn't get them. They weren't commonly available, you know? And my, me and my brother both wanted Devastator, but we were told no. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I ended up with Scrapnel, or Shrapnel, as he was called then, and Kickback. And my brother had Swoop and Slag, or Slug, as he's now called. Slag, because you could, you at slag. that time, at that time, they were like Golda. See, we had loads of, like, you, you could get like Starscream, Skywarp, and Sideswipe, and all the mini ones, like Brawn and Huffer. You could get all them in Tesco, which is... You know, like, you know, that's like your target. Tesco's, I'd go to Tesco and get the boys to transform. They'll shut up then, won't they? Um, but, like, f for us to walk in a Toys R Us, which we didn't have here in the UK then, I don't think, or if we did, there was only, like, in a couple of cities. To walk into there, it was like magic. To see all those Transformers, like, oh, I want this, I need this. Oh, and another thing about Broadside, he's also a wrecker. Oh, okay, yeah, because I was going to say, I know Matt mentioned he was a wrecker in this, but I also find... So, so my gist was, if, if, if I've got this correctly, 
He's kind of a giant triple changer, kind of similar like Skylinks then? Is that the best way of describing it, possibly, with the triple changer kind of? Form? No, uh, unlike uh, unlike Skylinks, who's a uh, who who's two parts that form into one one unit, he was legitimately just a triple changer like Blitzwing and an Astro Train, where you transform him, he's an aircraft carrier. Transform him, he's a plane. Okay. So he's either a oh, tiny this... aircraft carrier or a jet, or he's in a possibly large jet and a very and a, and a, and a regular size aircraft carrier. Yeah, because I only remember seeing him when he was like with Sea Spray and they were looking for Trypticon. And then I was like, who the heck is that? I have not seen this guy ever in the G1 series other until like after the Five Faces of Doom when obviously Metroplex and Trypticon and they're searching for him. And then he goes, hangs out with Octone and a crazy like Middle East country. <laughs> he had his, uh, he had his, in, in, in non-G1 cartoon media, he had quite a bit of uh, play in the Transformers UK comic because uh, Simon Furman, who was the writer for that, loved uh, loved the records. And so he used them a lot. And so because of that, you would see Springer and the records, including Broadside and all that, quite a bit. And then he got a fair amount of uh, a fair amount in the two in the 2005 IDW continuity as well. He was he was he was around a lot. He wasn't a main character. He was usually just like a character that was there getting shot up or shooting someone. Um, but that was uh, that, that's primarily where Broadside got most of his uh, love. And then he had some really cool toys come out um, uh, uh, over the course of time. But uh, in general, yeah, he's he's an off forgotten character he he doesn't he didn't see a lot of uh does a lot of people don't know who he is cool beans all right that that settles uh i've given dave enough time to to figure out like uh what he would like to see <laughs> so i thought i'd quickly get the broadside <laughs> answer out the way because mate i still i still make fun of broadside he's a giant aircraft carrier that's mad i still think that's funny <laughs> Like, he's not going to go very far on land, is he? But then he's got a jet, so that's okay. That solves that issue. Because I was just like, everyone else is like, roll out. And he's just like, they're going like, well, uh, I can't. But now he can. Now I know he turns into a jet. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so, Dave. I, do you know, we, we've been talking so long, I forgot what the original question was. Sorry. What is, uh, <laughs> what is something that you'd like to see visited or even uh, revisited in the game that hasn't what you think is has not seen enough uh uh as is you know is there something more in the game that you'd like to see explored some more mini cassettes okay obviously we've had beast box and uh rumble which is amazing and rewind and rat bat and uh, rat bat as rat bat as well um laser beak please mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. um i don't know if there's any are there any more that oh yeah missed? there's quite a few there's slugfest and there's, overkill there's there's a, there's a few. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a deluge of, of mini cassettes that can be uh, examined. I, I, you know, I think I'd like to see because I, I recently put together Soundwave again, and it was just so cool to have Rumble. Just I just had in my brain like Rumble eject, and you know, yeah, just <laughs> like Claire was like, I think Matifer actually commented on on our gameplay videos like. That's the angriest scrap of an upgrade ever from Claire. Because <laughs> I flipped Rumble and she's like, just threw the upgrade in a bin. It was, it was uh, like, funny. you know, it, uh, that, that's, you know, for, for me, like, Soundwave is where Cassette is at. And um, just to see him made better, Rumble's amazing. Like, just 
swing. Oh, so pitch, I'll pitch this random blue card I don't need now. Although my handheld blaster, for example. Oh, he swings for six. Yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah. And obviously, if he's got an energy on axe, he's just really hurting people. You know, it's really good. Okay. Really cool. So that, um, I think, you know, the other thing... And something the Art Wave one has done really well was address the Pierce conundrum. Like Trithelium is amazing. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of like, are there any other uh, other things that the Ark of maybe playing to combat the Pierce conundrum? I know. Well, so if we're going to do anything about the the Pierce conundrum, I mean, one of the things that people are asking is we don't have any intention, at least currently, to introduce a new pip color to the game because we think that would just be that way their madness madness lies um because the amount of support we would have to provide for a new pip color would be astronomical uh to even have it come close to equating to the same combinations that we have on in, in other uh pip, co pip colors i think they swung the pendulum a little too hard on black uh, <laughs> i agree totally agree, um, agree. so uh you can definitely, uh, I can foresee us uh, coming up with more uh, things like trithelium plating to kind of help, uh, you know, combat the uh, the idea of, uh, the thing is, is we, don't, we don't ever want to swing it back to where all you're building is blue shells and yeah. that's all you have because, so we, it, it's, it's, it's a balancing act and we're just going to keep having to walk it and we're just going to keep having to provide uh you know additional things that help kind of combat those things a little bit but not ever we never want to nullify anything that's come before that's the thing that a lot of people were like well why didn't you address problem a b or c it's like well that's we didn't want to nullify wave five we have to live within the the existence of wave five we have to live within the the con of what came from wave five. We there's always going to be we're always going to build something. Maybe a, we might build something strong, but we always we never want to build something that's going to completely like say, oh well, I'll never play this card again because of this card. Uh, we 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 want to try to we want to try to avoid that um, because wave five exists and that's the world we live in. Yeah, that's the world we live in. That's the world we have to design around not be afraid of designing around but being just able to understand that hey wave five exists we have to build in that in that in that world yeah so yeah it, it, absolutely you, just like, no, yeah. no, you go man you go you go no i was i was honestly gonna say i think like with your set though that addresses the wave five conundrum is like you have pushed autobots back to the forefront a little bit because Decepticons pretty much were on top in Wave 5, like even Dave mentioned it earlier. And I feel like the Ark and even Alpha Trion, they've been pushing you both and other content creators who have been making cards as well have been pushing Autobots back into the forefront because we did end in a very purple world, which was I was very hyper about. But at the same time, looking at it, it's like that's all you really see. So, you know, the goodies have to be good, you know. You can't just let the baddies win all the time. Yeah, and, and ultimately we never want to push this. We never want to push the the pendulum too far. Like we don't want to push it too far back into Autobots' favor. Mm. Uh, you know, we want to make sure we want to try to play in that you know in that middle zone where you can have Autobots, Decepticons, throwing some mercenaries every now and then. You know, never never forget what came before and try not to overcorrect one far two way too far one way. I, th I think that, that that's it, you know, like we touched on this with Matt actually, is like every archetype should be able to be represented in, in the game. So like blue should be relevant, but not oppressive. 
like you say, no one wants to go back to the blue madness that we used to have, like where it's a wall of blue and you couldn't get through apart, you know, it's, and I, I think that's great. You know, you look at some of the cars that you guys have printed, like Trilithium, Wannabet, you know, uh, Funny Failure, as Matt likes to call it, or Cacophonous Failure. Um, Concophonous Failure, yeah, yes. <laughs> you know, just th those answers to important questions, you know, that are raised by the game. So like, you have tried to work within the confines and, and give like cyborg options or main deck options you know i don't build a blue deck now without trilithium i actually had to go and order another six playsets from that website because <laughs> i have that many decks built i need i need more, more trithiliums let's get them let's get them ordered and that's the beauty of Certainly. the print, print and play set isn't it it's like i need more you know the pence you know compared to to obviously getting a chaser yeah. or something like that so that's that's really cool i mean yeah that's the thing is you can just go down to your local uh print shop that does just you know you just do you can do just paper you know proxies yeah if you need to so all right uh i that, that's honestly though that's uh that's the only question i really had for you guys Aww. awesome uh, so awesome. let's get let's get into the let's get, I mean, the, let's get into let's the get, next bit yeah. let's see what the viewers uh, viewers and listeners have got to say so you you go firstly you pitch one of the one of the, one of the questions first from the secret files of Teletran 2. In the days of Megatron, Decepticons developed the art of espionage using cassette okay, technology. Okay, so I've got, I've got a, a question from, from someone in my meta but wants to um, basically keep his name off the podcast, so I'll respect that. Uh, and he says, this is open to Wes and the group. Um, could you guys uh, talk about possibly some of your favorite factions within the Transformers universe? So, uh, Wes, we'll open it up to you then. What's one of yours then? Bro? The Circle of Light, the, uh, the, the, the the caretakers of the Crystal City, Diatlas, Wing, uh, where Drift, where Deadlock became Drift. Mm. Uh, the, if you never read the Drift miniseries in um, IDW's comics, I highly, highly recommend it. You get a very cool take on a new group of Cybertronians who left uh, Cybertron when the war broke out because they were like, "This is pointless. We're just gonna we're gonna keep killing ourselves and depleting our resources, so we're leaving." And thus, the Circle of Light came into being, and they have the Circle of Light Great Swords, which are these monumentally awesome Energon swords that they wield. Like I said, Deadlock became Drift, who is a fan favorite character. Um, I, I love that. Uh, that was a really cool part of uh, additional Transformers lore that I really enjoyed. Uh, the Wreckers, of course, are always cool just because they're the dirty dozen of the Autobots. You know, I mean, that, that's who they are. They're characters. Who, you join the Wreckers and, you know, good luck. You may not make it. <laughs> it is true they're like a suicide squad aren't they really that yeah when you sign up for the records you know when you sign up for yeah when you sign up for the records it's uh you know uh, you might have plot armor but you probably don't <laughs> um the decepticon justice division is a uh is a really neat uh concept that they came up with um i like the idea of a unique set of decepticons who were specifically Put into put into put into play by Megatron back in the day to get rid of uh, Decepticons who failed the cause. You know, if you were a Decepticon but you went traitor or you weren't Decepticon enough, you might get you know Tarn and his crew might show up on your doorstep and just take you out. Uh, and uh, they uh, they're really cool. Uh, there's some interesting like so Kaon, a member of them, he turns into an electric chair. That's kind of yeah. crazy. 
You know, it's like, uh, you know, that's not very... And, and let's be perfectly honest, as a uh, as a card, that would be weird. Uh, I can think of some ideas of how to make that work. And some uh, some other the content creators uh, have been working on their own version of the Decepticon Justice Division. I'm sure you will see something from us in uh, in in the future. Maybe not wave, maybe not our wave two, but maybe down the road. I definitely think that there's a plenty of room. Uh, and then of course with the mercenary faction, there's so many characters you can just kind of slot into the mercenaries that maybe were Decepticons or maybe were Autobots at one point back in the in their original lore, but could easily be a mercenary. Um, and that's a great way to actually kind of explore a lot of those extra factions is instead of giving a new, instead of presenting a fourth or fifth faction to the game, you just present a new trait, like the record trait or mm. the Unicronian trait that we did in the Unicron raid. Things like that is you can make them mercenaries or you could, you know, just make them a Decepticon or an Autobot and give them that additional trait because that's a lot easier because you can build a lot more around the traits than you can creating new factions because once you start creating new factions you have to build a lot of additional cards to support those factions um that you you know that uh, you know again that takes away from potential design space i think creating a, a a new bot with a different trait is i think a better way to go but i mean we'll definitely see them but the uh, circle of light is definitely uh you know that's cool you, you, you heard it here first i'm sure you'll see something from them <laughs> most def dave uh your 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 faction then well, I don't, you know, I don't really have any sort of favourite teams within... Well, go for teams within, then. Within I think the, teams know. would work as a faction, because if I think correctly, like, whenever the Dinobots came out, they never really hung out with the Autobots. They just did their own thing. So, yeah, just go with groups then as uh, well. Yeah, Gr 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 Grimlock just was, you know, Grimlock was just the strongest for me. I think for me, like, I've the Constructicons, for me, but, like, I remember just watching the cartoon as a kid and the first time we saw Devastate combine I was just like oh my god I need that and that's one of the first things I ordered when I started playing because I, I was a bit of a late late bird to the party I, I, I ordered um, Devastate uh, it was around wave 3 had just come out um, and I ordered Devastate and I was so excited to play and I played I was like it's rubbish <laughs> so, but I absolutely love the Constructor Cons. You know, they're probably one of my favourite things. I love the Seekers as well, Starscream, and you know, Skywarp particularly. You know, Skywarp was one of my favourites. Um, you know, sort of teleporting around and stuff as as a kid. You know, it's one of the things that was written on the back of his packaging. It's like he's a teleporter. It's all so cool. Um, I really want to make a mercenary Thundercracker. That'd be cool. That would be cool That'd because be cool. Thundercracker, because in the IDW continuity, Thundercracker leaves both teams. He he does doesn't and he? Because he he um he's it's in the end of all hell Megatron isn't he? He um he he yeah he, he feels the honor of the Decepticons doesn't exist anymore because they're no longer honorable warriors. But he also is like I don't want to join the Autobots, so you know. So instead, he goes on to become a screenwriter for Hollywood. Mm. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie that 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 was the most maddest thing ever. But then if you do read all hell Megatron. There's perfectly logical reasons why he doesn't want to be a Decepticon, guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say uh, yeah. mass genocide at one point. Speaking of Devastator, I, I, we were talking about it with Dave. Like, just the fact that it's just thrown away in a one-word one conversation. Just like, yeah, uh, Tokyo's no more. Like, why? It's like, Devastator went over there? And you're like, wait a minute, what? Wait, what? Do they... Tokyo is no what? Like <laughs> you literally are reading a comic as a teenager, just go. Wait a minute. The purple and green machine just just 
flatline Tokyo. No. That, yeah. what? And that was just written away, and then you go straight to, like, Astro Train bullying, like, teenagers and whatever. But, like, it's just mad. It was so good. Yeah, I I, I think, you know, the, the like, what Wes said, the Drift storyline is amazing. Like, it's arguably one of my favorite. Right? His yeah. entire his entire yeah. through arc, like from him being deadlock all the way through to becoming drift, and then into the more that meets the eye series and the lost light stuff. Uh, drift uh, favorite character, one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he that's that's a great great comic. Um, you know, I'm I'm still playing catch up with the IDW stuff because I mean, I fell out of love with with Transformers partly because of Mr. Bay and his rubbish films, but. Um, we won't talk about those. The, the the card game reinvigorated the whole franchise for me. So like just to see stuff that I saw as a kid in card form was so cool. So yeah, like Constructicons, the Insecticons, although they're busted good. Like you know, I, I've I've got them all, but I don't use them an awful lot because that whole orange Insecticon build was nasty as there's, hell. I mean, there's um, definitely some design space that you can find with the Insecticons. Blue Blue Bugs is always fun. It's very different. Um, and I think that I think that you could. There's some definite uh, some additional work to be done. We could maybe see a new barrage, maybe see a new venom, maybe see a new ra- uh, ransack. You know, I mean, there's there's definitely there's places to go with them. It's just uh, you know I just don't know. Uh, you know, they're not necessarily at the top of the list right now. Yeah, I think I think this, this that's the great thing about this this franchise is there's so much, particularly with the IDW comics. Like they've expanded upon what the cartoon started, you know. There's so much you guys can draw from, and like you know, that's some some of the, the listener questions are about, you know, other options available to to to, to you guys at the arc. Um, so yeah, like that's my answer. I just you know I don't have a particular favorite sub faction, but I really liked individual teams, like you know, for the ones that made me smile as a child, like the big green monster thing, the robot. That was cool. Of course. <laughs> um, I think I've only got two that stand out in mine, and one one is a hilarious thing that I've been waiting at, at Wes to possibly answer like all the time. Um, I think um, my uh, my friend who shall not be named has nailed it on the head. He knows that I love the Decepticon Justice uh, Division. Like their introduction is possibly one of the most awesome and saddest and craziest introductions you'll ever see in a Transformers comic. I don't want to spoil it for you. But I, I think Wes might agree with me. Just, just how, how they, they show up and do that one thing. You're like, oh my god, these guys are no joke. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no joke. I, um, and I agree. Yeah, I agree. And then, and obviously, it comes to a full thing as, as Wes was saying. Like, you know, Megatron sent them out for anyone who defects. Um, it's, it's obviously common law. If you've seen it, there's loads of model kits out there. Everyone's like, why has Megatron got the Autobot symbol in More Than Meets the Eye? There's a great arc of his trial, which is phenomenal. And Tarn meets up with him, and there is a showdown for the ages. And it is so good. And it's so good. So yeah, the the the, the, um, the Justice Division is great. And also, I love the Stunticons. Like, whenever they showed up, they were just being dicks on Earth. They were just doing destruction derbies in the street or doing something completely random. And then they would just show up and go like, oh, like, I think my favorite one is pretty much um, Stargate, uh, Starscream's Bridge, where they basically show up and go like, oh, what's going on? Looks like Starscream's won. Megatron's in trouble. Who cares? It looks like Starscream's defeated him. So? So you think Starscream's gonna stop here? Good point. He never knows when to quit. 
and that also coincide with um with my hilarious question for you wes so um so the sword what, what's the deal with the sword with metasaur is it is it like motormaster sword that gets bigger or what what's the deal with the metasaur sword it's just a big sword uh, okay it, cool i'm gonna say that <laughs> uh, I, it doesn't have any i mean it, it's it's like uh so like we did a grimlock sword in the arc uh, Matt did Grimlock sword. Okay, Grimlock just has an Energo sword. It's all he uses, and the only one, the only uh, all the Dinobots use something called an Energo sword, and the only one that doesn't is Swoop, who uses thermal weapon, uh, uses a thermal weaponry sword. So we're just calling, you know, it's just hey, Metasaur's just got a big ass sword. You know, he just he summons a sword out of nowhere. I love it. I absolutely love I it. I mean, it's just so yeah. random and brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there, so, there, yeah, there's no there's there's no big lore behind it. It's just he's got a big oh. sword because it because it looks cool. It just look it looks cool. Enough said. We don't know where the sword comes from, but it looks cool. So that's, uh, a, that's a good answer. It's like we don't need to elaborate. It's, it's just there. It's, it's just a there. huge it's just, sword. It's just, it's just there. there. It's just there. Uh, okay, Dave. Uh, if you want to go to the next question, then. Buddy. Yeah. So this this is from Michael Cachillo. I think that's how you pronounce it. All right. Um, how many people plan to keep playing even though it's officially cancelled? I hope this doesn't sound like a doom and gloom question. I'm generally generally curious. As a fan of Star Wars as well, many of those games are still played years after official cancellation. Well, I don't know if I can officially answer that, but hopefully as many people as possible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean... Well, I, I can hold my hands up and say I'm continuing to play, and I know you guys are. So I can say with... Based on the fact that the main Facebook Transformers group has maybe lost upwards of at most like about four or five hundred people tops and still has over 4700 people who are uh, i think uh, part of the main facebook group uh the arc has seen from individual downloads um well over uh 1200 individual people have downloaded the set that's amazing i mean that it tells me that there's a lot of people out there that are still wanting to play. And the fact that tournaments are still being held from multiple sources tells me a lot. So, you know, so yeah, hopefully a lot of people for a long time. Yeah. I don't think we would be set, set here, sorry, sat here now if people didn't want to play, you know. I agree. I think uh, the community has really risen up and said, no, we are not done. Because, because, like Transformers is something that has been going for so long and to have finally a game that really gave it its dues as it were and captured that nostalgia to just suddenly being taken away without all the avenues explored was you know it was a, it was a tough day like we've already said but to have you know community projects like the Ark and stuff and, and like you say there's a lot of traffic if you you know most days there's a lot of traffic on the Ark page on the custom cards um facebook group on the main yeah you know the, sort of the global one and then also on, on the uk one there's always traffic there's always people commenting and posting and you know just connecting and, and keeping that community spirit alive and i think yeah uh, mike michael like i i have no plans on stopping anytime soon nor do i yeah Nah, me, me neither i feel like like we we've addressed it not just saying that we're doing this podcast but with our as soon as the game got cancelled, I came out with a video saying that I'm still going to do it. If there's fan creators going to constantly keep bringing out sets, we're going to review them. Um, it was a hilarious uptaking to do the ARC videos. I'm not going to lie, guys. It was a, 
about almost seven hours of mental editing, but hey, we got through it and <laughs> you know, I'm glad that we can we can shed some light that yeah, like Independence Day. We're not going quietly into the night. But as the day when the world declared in one voice we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. I prefer Idris Alba. You know, we're canceling the apocalypse. The end of our time. We have chosen not only to believe in ourselves, but in each other. Today, there's not a man nor woman in here that shall stand alone. Not today. Today, we face the monsters that are at our door and bring the fight to them. Today, we are canceling the apocalypse. Yeah, I feel I'll keep playing it. I absolutely love it. And, you know, I, I feel like the community has definitely rallied around um, around um, content creators and just just really being positive because I think we've we addressed it as well talking on other episodes as well I think Wes you can chime in as well like other groups when it comes to card game like communities can be quite as we've already kind of talked about it with magic a little bit can be quite toxic but like even when the game was well and good and alive I never saw toxicity really in the Transformers community it was just a really, really awesome community to be a oh, part yeah. of. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I have, I have been gaming for three quarters of my life, and this is the least toxic community I've ever been a part of. I mean, <laughs> and I love it, and it's one of the reasons why I am happy to be part of the arc and happy to be on Team Primus and working with Jamie on Powered by Primus to keep making stuff that people want to keep playing the game with because. I love the game and I love the community. That's it. And I think, you know, a game only dies if the fan base let it. And, you know, the fan base have said, no, we're playing. Yeah. So, yeah, that, I hope that answers your question, Mike. Um, so, yeah, Lee, you're up next. Yeah, so uh, I got a question here from uh, Jono Milligan. Uh, he says, with the arc being a large success uh, in our small growing community and in the crux of it, the Unicron Raid, has this inspired the team to draft or dream of any further multiplayer or alternative formats? I feel like you might have answered this, Wes, but um, just to give you a, a shining light, Jono's community is uh, having great success with your, uh, your obviously your set, the arc, and also the, the raid that you made with yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, we are, like I said, we're, you know, deep in the bowels of uh, the arc. We are uh, working closely with Teletran 1, not the website, but the computer, the supercomputer, uh, to try to build new multiplayer formats. Although we have worked with Teletran 1, the site, and uh, we do appreciate all the work that he put into getting the art cards on there. But uh, we're definitely looking at uh, other multiplayer formats and other, other things we can do. Uh, so, yes. It's a short answer. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Back to you, Dave. Okay. So this is from Brian Blair, um, who, who's a very prolific part of the, the sort of Blues on Attack Discord and that and, and, and the general Facebook pages. So um, thanks for asking your question, Brian. So it says here, Wes has talked a little about the learning curve of the admirable task of going from players to card creators. What are the biggest lessons that he learned and what changes are they planning to implement in designing the next way? To take, not take criticism personally. That was the biggest lesson that I had to learn of like, you know, uh, you know, people 
uh, may not like something. They, Cosmic Rust Cannon, for instance. While I was not the sole designer of that card, I was I worked with the other members of Team Primus who worked on that card. And boy, howdy, let me tell you, that card <laughs> got a lot of hate. And I love it. Yes, but right. a, a lot card. of people didn't. Why? Why are they hating? Well, a lot of people. So a lot of people looked at it and were like, well, it's just a, it's a, it's, it's grenade launcher. I'm like, no, it's not. In fact, it's, it's, it's a grenade launcher with a cost. In fact, it's a grenade launcher that's not as good as grenade launcher in a lot of respects. There are places for it. There are places where it wouldn't be suitable to be in the, to be in a deck. Places for where it would be suitable to be in a deck. Yes, it's a card that really was designed. We kind of had a cool idea of hey let's make a cool weapon for sound blaster yeah that's also not just fusion bore you know and then the uh oh right horrible exists darn it but <laughs> stupid horrible um but here's the thing though i i i'm not going to be afraid of building a card because horrible exists mm. yeah fine. i don't think you should either i think like cosmic rust cannon yeah it's a great card it's powerful but it is not in every single one of my aggro builds because it doesn't fit the space of every single one you know you might want a higher orange pit count or you might not want to be suffering damage because your bots are smaller you know there, there is a cost like you say there's a cost you are going to take one damage minimum maybe two if you want to keep it sticking around and you've got no other upgrades or it's just a grenade launcher that isn't right. an orange pit and so, so yeah. not taking the criticism personally not taking it to heart Taking, you know, taking the criticism was, uh, I think, for, I mean, this is me personally. Um, beyond that, uh, one of the big, uh, the other biggest lesson learned is just because we can create it, should we? Mm. Uh, and that's, the, there are some cards that wound up on the cutting room floor that will probably never see revisited because it was like, ooh, yeah, we shouldn't do that. That's a mistake. <laughs> That's not a good idea. Let's not do that. Um, so I, I think the uh, it's looking at the way the game is currently, you know, the state of the game, finding out what does the game need. The game needed an answer for Pierce. Salty had that. Salty came up with what I think a very good answer for Pierce. It's not the end all be all answer to Pierce, but it helps tremendously with Pierce. You know, so I think it's just constantly continuing to reevaluate where the game's at, looking at the data, um, and uh, one of the big things is taking a, you know, taking upfront player feedback. Uh, you know, uh, again, getting more upfront player feedback before we probably commit to before we commit something to uh, check and done. Uh, so definitely more playtesting from a wider community base. Yeah, I think that's something that, that, that the ARC have been very positive for on is feedback from the community. If you look at Megatron Autobot Bang, that was errated pretty quickly. Uh, that's my fault. <laughs> that's I all right, Wes. Was, when we were designing Megatron, Salty designed a Megatron that was uh, probably would never saw a lot of play. Would have maybe seen a theme deck kind of play. The idea was is that if it was on Starscream and you used Peace Through Tyranny, uh, you could do things about being able to bring him back and things like that. But it was very limited in scope. Like, only Starscream, only Peace Through Tyranny. That's it. And I put up a big stink about, he's Megatron. He shouldn't be taken out by a ramming speed. That bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> and 
it, it it turned into what his first what his uh first incarnation that got released to the to the to the wild was and then after we took like you said we took some we took some feedback and we're like hmm okay yeah all right we see that and so we made changes and we're not afraid of making changes as long as we get the empirical evidence and data that tells us that something's uh, that something's not right and you know right now there's a there's still a lot of chatter about Rekgar um and his stratagem the thing is we haven't yet to see anything come out of Rekgar being that he's oppressively broken no uh, I, I don't think he is I, I've played against him a fair amount. Claire, Claire, one of Claire's pet decks is her motorbike gang, and obviously Retgar filled that hole that the deck needed because it was Cronia, RC, Flame War, and then another bot that fit the kind of criteria. Like there wasn't another good motorbike you could get in the stars, and Retgar's gone in. And if you know how to play against Retgar, he's not oppressive. Yeah, he's bloody good, but he's not. You just you just ignore him. Yeah, you, you just ignore him. Exactly. You ignore him. <laughs> there are some nasty things you can do with him, and that's actually Brian who asked asked the question originally. Um, he's, he Because like, he watched our videos, like, why are you not playing involuntary promotion? I was like, that's a really good point. <laughs> so there are things you can do with him that makes him nasty, but he's not broken. He's not broken. And I think, you know, the other other card that you guys were swift to sort of take out against the, against the, against the intention of the what the card was designed to do and that was the um starscreams brigade starscreams brigade yeah because that's like well no one wants to see an unlimited army of brawls on the board because that is boring mm -hmm. um this this was basically a way to get starscream and bruticus in the same build yeah because that's how i always saw that card i never saw it as like oh i could make infinite brawls with this when i was play testing it i only play tested it under the under the assumption that it was only going to get me another uh, bruticus on the table not going to get me you know, eight brawls. Now, to be fair, when we started testing that, and uh, I was able to have eleven brawls on the uh, uh, out throughout the game, uh, I, we were like, "Yeah, okay, I see where they're coming from." And we at, went to Mike and was like, "Mike, was this what you wanted?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> he's like, "I just flat out no." He's like, "No, I, I wanted to get Bruticus and Starscream on the table," which is funny. So Bruticus's original design, uh, when Bruticus combined. Uh, he would do five damage to a leader. Jeez. That's so themed. Okay, now, it wasn't specifically, it wasn't an enemy leader. It was a leader. And so the idea behind that was if your opponent didn't have an enemy leader on the table, but you happened to have Starscream on the table, Bruticus would turn around and punch your own Starscream. <laughs> that is so theme. So that is theme. so theme. That's so cool. But the reason why we went away from that was is because it felt so like once you combine, if there's no leader on the table, his effect has no there's no effect. And that felt bad. And so we ultimately changed it to something similar to what uh uh like Volcanicus does, but the difference is is for every black pip you do a damage. Now, the best part about that is, is it doesn't all have to be to one character. You can, you, if Brutus combines, you get four black pips, you can be like one damage, one damage, two damage. I did not that's know awesome. that. That's probably because I, that's because I haven't RTF seed enough. So, um. 
And so, you know, that was, uh, you know, most likely it's going to go on one character, but, and also double black pips don't count as two damage. It counts as one. Yeah. So Salty's already told me off of that. (laughs) (laughs) Again, so we, you know, we learn by, you know, the things that we learned is we learned by playing these, playing the cards that we made ourselves and then going, was that fun? And if it wasn't fun, then we don't, we, we just like, we, we, we change, we, we, we pivot, we change our design option. Like, uh, the original sea spray was god awful. Oh, jeez, he was. Oh, the, the blue talk yeah. where you were just talking about it relentlessly oh. with RJ. Honestly, I was dying with laughter. <laughs> he was, was so funny. <laughs> he was so bad. I love RJ to death, but oh, the original sea spray was bad because once he flipped to bot mode, he couldn't flip back. <laughs> and he he was just oh sorry he was awesome he was awesome as a boat and uh but now i actually <laughs> i have a deck that i put together that i can't wait to play i'm calling it ships ahoy um, i love it I that love is it. uh sea spray uh nautica and uh um oh uh the patrol guy sea watch Yes, that's it. Yeah. All the boats. So it's called Ships Ahoy, and that's a you know it's a ter- it's a terribly wonderfully, it's a it's a it's a it's not a deck that I expect to win a lot with, but it's a deck that I'm having fun with because all the characters in it are at least entertaining to play with, uh, and cease and the new sea spray is entertaining to play with. So the idea is we kind of look at it as if is it fun to play? Yes. Okay, keep going. Is it fun to play? No. Let's shift gears. So that's one of the other lessons we've learned is if it's not fun, then uh, either we make a change or we have to do something else with it. One of my, one of my local group, um, he's, he's the TO for the other game store here in Plymouth, and he was like, is a, f- a set made by fans of the universe, not just a mechanical creation. Yeah. You know I mean? It's like the lore, you can feel the theme running through the arc wave one massively and i love that it's that so- was the other thing is that you know one of the things that was my driving force was thematics sunstreaker that Matifer made his original incarnation didn't feel like sunstreaker uh, at all if you read sunstreaker's original bio it straight out calls him a sociopath mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he, he is not a character that he like you know sunstreaker in the in in the in the cartoon and in the comic he always got himself in trouble because he would always go seeking glory for himself hence is why his ability to tap other lesser you know bots of his star counter lower is because he's like no 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 i'm going to untap and you're going to tap i'm going to go and t- take the That's attack it. it's my turn it's my turn it's I'm my turn it. it's not your turn it's my turn um, you know, I and that, that. that, that felt like Sunstreaker, you know, uh, and, and Mattifer agreed. And so, we, you know, we did some theme changes and ultimately we got a, I, we got a character that I think feels very much like Sunstreaker. Hopefully that answers that question. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Uh, so I've got a, another question here from, uh, an anonymous person who didn't want to be named. And he says, um, with wave two, um, off in the distance, uh, are we going to see any more, possible character specific weapons you guys did a fantastic job with omega supreme yes. i just have a few possible ideas like jazz is speakers um a better megatron's <laughs> fusion cannon i have to agree on that front uh and maybe a crappy optimus oh he's definitely a decepticon fan uh, a, a crappy optimus prime blaster <laughs> 
yes, as a matter of fact, we are planning on some more, uh, well, we're definitely planning on some character themed weapons that don't necessarily have to be characters that aren't necessarily specific. Cool. Uh, so one that might be, hey, it's an Autobot card Name, Autobot, it's an Autobot upgrade named after a specific Autobot that any Autobot can use, but it's not good, but Decepticons can't, and vice versa. So, you, you definitely, there are some there are some plans in the works uh, that uh, you will see some. Uh, I I cool. I agree wholeheartedly with a, uh, a new Fusion Blaster of Megatron because boy howdy, uh, what's funny about that card is that card works really. Well, if, if Living Weapon actually didn't suck, the card works The card works great for Living Weapon because you put one in all three slots. PS9, yeah. As Pierce 9, that's... Oof, uh, yeesh, oof. But Living Weapon stinks, so it's not that good. I think we touched on that on, on one of our episodes and also in I did a deck profile on Galvatron recently um, where, like, obviously you can see that the particle cannon of Galvatron is kind of, like what you'd expect maybe if, if fusion cannons to be designed now yeah like with a green pip with like you know decent stuff well it's like, it's a know, like, it's an evolution of what the fusion blaster yeah. of megatron of the fusion cannon megatron was is really what it is it's an evolution of what that card should have been yeah 100 percent. i could you know that's exactly the way i look at that card and it is it's nuts on galvatron i i think the mechanic of can be put on autobots or you know can be put on decepticon is better than Optimus Prime only, or Meg, uh, you know, unless it's like very specific, like Gal, like like Galvatron, or you know, or Null Rays of Starscream. We'll see some. Th you'll see some things like that. Well, you, you kind of alluded to that, didn't you? With the um, was the Windblade sword, the Stormfall sword. Yeah, that was like it's a good weapon, but on Windblade, if it's on Windblade, it's even better. Exactly, exactly, and that's exactly the kind of flavor that runs through on those kind of cards. Okay, is it my turn? I can't remember. <laughs> I believe so, Dave. I believe so, sir. So we're going to go back to Joe uh, Milligan, um, who asked a question earlier. It says, when designing cards for a fan format, how do you plan on tackling future mechanics that currently exist outside of the current game state? Uh, example, designing something such as Titan Masters with their unique mechanics. Do you tend to work in the confines of what Transformers TCG has already laid out, Without further further alternate mechanics um, with potential, i.e. the Minicons. So, we're given a world where Titan Masters exist. So, Titan Masters give us a opportunity to maybe make Power Masters. We already have Target Masters because they're the Weaponizers. Um, so, there is a possibility that you could we could see something along the lines of a Power Master mechanic. Uh, I'm not saying that we've come up with anything, um, but the the groundwork has already been kind of laid for some of those things, and uh, it would be easy to pick up the torch a little bit, I think, and move and shift kind of some of the gears a little bit. Be like, okay, so it works like this, so let's let's try this. We've We've put forth, uh, you know, in our own personal chats, uh, in our own private arc channel about, you know, how about different Titan Masters and things like that. And we, we've decided we want to kind of let that lay, lay for a minute because we were given a whole wave about them. Um, and so our next set is definitely not going to involve 
uh, at least at the moment, at least it doesn't involve anything that's Titan Mass related, but uh, I definitely see room for uh, including other Transformer gimmicks, except, and I put my foot down at this, uh, uh, except Action Masters. I don't think that will ever happen. So, because a non-transforming Transformer, it, you have Slammer and, and, and Trypticon Brunt, and that's all you need. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't need, you know, so I don't think we'll see anything like Action Masters. Uh, I don't, I, I definitely see there's there's room for additional Battle Masters and Weaponizers in, 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 the, in the game. Um, I think there's room for Power Masters. I think you could do something cool there. A couple people have been putting forth like the idea of like uh, sidekick companions like Spike and characters from the cartoons and stuff like that. Um, that can be explored, I think. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know if it's being if it's the, if the way they're currently doing it is the the way I would do it. But it's uh, definitely they're building it off of the Power Master idea. Uh, I mean the, uh, the the Titan Master idea. So I don't. And then some people have suggested, how about location cards and things like that? Okay. I mean, plane chase is awesome. I, I really like. I thought the idea of plane chase and magic was pretty cool. But I don't know uh, how uh, we that that would require a lot of extra testing to see if it actually works well in uh, in Transformers. So. Um, we definitely are not against mechanics because we we created the keyword horde. Um, we have a few other keywords that we're working on for our next wave. Uh, so do expect to see some new keywords. Some other folks have come up with new keywords. Uh, ATP came up with sturdy um, as a keyword. Uh, so we're definitely going to be exploring new mechanics. We're just going to try to make sure the mechanics live in the world that Watsi created. We don't want to we don't want to or need to reinvent the wheel. We need to make sure the wheel keeps turning and it never gets too stagnant. Yeah, that's that's actually a really cool design aspect for people possibly going forward creating their own content as well and just remembering don't you want to keep the wheel spinning. You don't want to, you know. I think that's really interesting because especially because in this time now, I feel like with our last podcast we did, uh, Randy created a really cool set of Beast Wars stuff which was very different to what we've seen originally there was a lot of synergy between characters and some of the some of the characters had specific traits compared to the 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 villains in the show and stuff like that and it was something not seen like um in in the whole tcg universe and i feel like going forward you want to have those kind of aspects going forward but also you don't want to make something that's completely broken because Hey, if we if we lived in a perfect world, Blitzwing would dominate every competitive meta that I would play in because I want him to be the best. And Iron, um, and Ironhide would do the same thing. And Ironhide for you, yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> and 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 everyone has Devastator. Yeah, and Devastator would. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, Devastator probably would. Uh, but but yeah, you you know you just got to find that right balance. And like like Matt was saying in his show, when you when you have a balance, you got to have a counterbalance to things. And I think you guys have done a really good job over there at the arc with that. So, um, Dave, have we got any more questions? Because I'm looking through my notes. I cannot see any more. I, I've, got, I've got one one more question. It's one, one that I okay, thought, yeah, thought, you thought of then. prior to uh, the Facebook post today. Um, there was Safe. a po post about um, tournaments. 
So my question was, does the ARC have any plans to host any online webcam or Octagon events in the new year? And obviously you do, but I don't know if you want to talk about that. Well, I know it's uh, already uh, Tim with the uh, Team PTSD and the Eye of the Matrix has already announced uh, that their next tournament started kicking off the beginning of the year in January is going to be a uh, ARC tournament and will contain Wave 1 through Wave 1 and the ARC cards. Um which uh, a good number of us are going to be judging on hand for judging that. Um, although uh, a lot of our cards are fairly straightforward, so there's not a lot of like weird interactions, but you never know. People come up with all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> so there is, uh, there has been some internal talk about us uh, potentially uh, running a, uh, an octagon webcam tournament um jamie i know has been talking a lot about wanting to organize something so uh be looking out for something along those lines probably closer to the beginning of the year uh i think he wants to also announce he wants to do he wants to uh, run something for us um jamie of course powered by primus um uh so yes uh but we really like partnering with other people like tim with P tim tim btsd uh, it seems like it's a, it's a really good fit. Uh, you know, we can be on hand to help judge. You know, they've already got an infrastructure already already kind of put in place. If it's already built, you know, why build it again? Yeah. Uh, but uh, we definitely uh, we definitely want to you know make sure tournaments are run. We want to make sure that people are having fun using the sets. Uh, we want to make sure that there's enough time between wave one and when wave two comes out that you're not like scrambling to get another like you know you know 80 plus cards or more figured out before tournament things like that you know we definitely are gonna uh you know wave two is coming in 2021 but it's not coming in january so i want to make everyone very clear that you're not going to see a wave drop in january it's probably going to be in the first quarter maybe of 2021 but not not in like the first weeks of 2021 because we're still taking a holiday break and just kind of getting everything getting our uh getting everything under you know just the letting it wash over us that we released a set and we're excited and we're happy about that yeah i, th I, th I think that's the thing the moment, well, i haven't even scratched the surface i'm building decks i'm like i still want to do this i still want to do that and then like you know like i think it's nice that you guys have given us that breathing space to just digest the set i, I think because... personally there's still a lot of development space of deck building that we still haven't found from the first five waves i still think there's stuff out there that, that there's some secret sauce that's you know that we haven't that's folks haven't found yet I, I i still think there is and then throw our stuff on top of that and there's more secret sauce and then throw Bayformer stuff on top of that. There's more secret sauce. And then ATP, and there's more secret sauce. That's one of the things that we've been, you know, we announced that we're going to be doing some collaboration with uh, the Bayformers. And uh, that's coming in 2021. And we're really looking forward to, you know, uh, what we're going to do there. Um, I think that sounds like, so far it sounds like uh, we've been, we've been, uh, Kind of firing some cylinders and there's been some good discussions there about what we're going to do so i think everyone's going to really enjoy that um and then hopefully it'll lead to more collaboration and bring us ever closer to when all are one as they say at the end of the movie i uh i uh, i hope uh I, I don't know if that'll ever be 100 percent achievable but if we can get us ourselves 75 percent there hey it's better than nothing absolutely 100%. i think you know like that is the main thing it's like till all or one that's the the mantra of 
of Transformers. You know, we this community needs to work together. And I think like working with the Bayformers, that's really exciting news. Just psyched to see what you guys are going to be doing in the new year. You know, like we, I'm still digesting Wave One, but I'm equally excited for Wave Two. So, you know. And we're, yeah. we're, we're really looking forward to bringing you guys Wave 2 because we've got some really good ideas and we've got some, we've already got some fun things designed that we're already kind of alpha testing uh, that, uh, you know, because, you know, it's hard to keep a, once you start making something, once you start creating, it's hard to stop. So we're definitely, uh, uh, we're, we've definitely, uh, the, the creative juices are still flowing and, uh uh, I've I've heard uh, I've 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 heard the uh, the requests. I've heard a Blitzwing. Yes. Uh, maybe there's already something brewing there. Maybe. And like I said on the Matter for Web uh, episode, Wes, I'd love to play test it and spoil the crap out of it. You know, <laughs> just just wink, wink, nudge, nudge, smiley face. Like, I would be so happy because I think everyone in my Meta, I did it didn't come across because that was when my channel was just starting. But when we were building our meta for when we were playing this at Derby in the UK, everyone was like, "So Lee, Blitzwing," and I was like, "You know what? That's my trigger word. Don't don't even talk to me." They just took a big giant dump on that purple guy. I'm not happy about it. And then everyone's like, "Oh, you got to get it. You got to try it. You try it out." And I did get it, and I tried it out, and it did work a little bit. But he's yeah, actually it was just sad. He's actually pretty good in a sealed format. Mm. Uh, oh gosh, he was bonkers. But when were you ever going to pull him, Wes? Probably. Well, uh, in uh, <laughs> one of our tournaments, uh, that's exactly what happened uh, in a sealed tournament. Oh really? In, in our in a sealed launch tournament, someone got a Blitzwing, and they uh, they they crushed it hard with that Blitzwing uh, for most of the tournament until they ran into the guy who pulled uh, who pulled Dreadwing in the in the sealed. Launch. Oh <laughs> God, can you imagine that in the sealed? Oh yeah, he. He pulled both halves, and it was just like, that's just not fair. You know, thank you, listeners, for asking all those questions. There's, there's one last question, I think, that I asked. This, is, this was pitched to me after um, I sent the stuff through to you earlier today. It's from the chap that actually won my uh, 100th episode giveaway, Harassis Rodney from Wales. Oh, okay. um, his question was, will the arc be making a set based on the War for Cybertron slash Fall of Cybertron computer games. I'm not going to say no. And speaking of, the Vamp Arc Ribbon actually was birthed from the War for Cybertron game. So the original Vamp Arc Ribbon was the Energon Harvester from the War for Cybertron video game. And we wanted to find some analog to it in the current continuity of what they had. And the closest I could find was the Vamp Arc Ribbon from the Autotocracy series. And that was later brought back um, in, the, uh, in, the, in the later series. Uh, the picture of, of it is when Prowl pulls it out of mothballs to use it. So, uh, so we kind of already have a little. We both designed one. We kind of designed one card from from the video game, so I mean, it's not to say there won't be more. No, I, I think I think also Wizards also with with Siege one and two kind of touched on the whole war for Cybertron thing, didn't they? You know the the whole planet encompassing war. So, you know, um, yeah. Thanks everyone for your questions. Yes, thank you. It was it was a it was a pleasure answering them. So yeah, I think I think that's it, Wes. So you know thank you for your time today it's been an absolute pleasure to meet you and speak to you in person 
Um, I've had a blast. I've had an absolute blast tonight. I've laughed so hard. Yeah, I've had a great time too. It was, it was great meeting both of you guys, and I hope we'll be able to speak in the future. Hundred uh, percent. There we I go. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I feel like we just need to have Matafa and Wes on the same episode and hear the banter. I think it needs to happen. Sure. We yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. Wave two of the arc. Let's have a, a exclusive coup de gras. For yeah, one shall stand, one shall fall. We want a double in, double whammy interview with you and Matifer to talk about there the set. There we go. We'll go with that. We'll go with a web web exclusive hilariousness. It'll be fun. But no, right, yeah. Um, just to just to reiterate, Wes, thank you very much for taking time out your day uh, for being a part of this podcast. And you know, hopefully the community have been, uh, appreciated all your answers. And and you know, you've teased quite a bit of what you're working on. So I'm not going to lie. The guy, the the gentleman behind this microphone is smiling from ear to ear like the Cheshire cat. I'm super excited. I'm glad we got to talk a little bit about the raid and the whole design aspect of that. That's super exciting. And I feel a lot of people need to go and just download and try it and print and play and try it because it's so much fun. You guys did a smashing job. So before we end the podcast, Wes, is there any uh, anything you want to talk about? Any Anything you want to promote or anything like that? Or... Or how people can get in touch with you and all that jazz. You can find me on the Arc Facebook group. Um, one of the, you know, all the all the admins are members of the Arc group. So if you need to get in touch with me, that's a great place to do so. Uh, beyond that, uh, hey, if you haven't checked out the Arc, you know, go download it. You know, you never know. You might find something you you might find something you really like. Um, uh, beyond that, uh, I just want to say, uh, you know, keep on the lookout for more videos from Powered by Primus. Uh, the continued adventures, of course, of uh, Blues on Attack and Wreck and Rule from uh, all my fellow content creators that are continuing to make uh, this game uh, live on past its uh, uh, initial demise. But we are we are rising again. So thank you guys. I just really I'm really glad you had me on. I really appreciated it. And uh, you know, uh, anytime you want me back, just ask. Awesome. Thank you very Will much. Will do, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you ever have a lore question, just ask. I know. Okay, we might have to have Wes's lore corner, maybe. That might have to be a segment, maybe. I, I just love it. Even though we did, even though we don't know about Menasaur's sword, that's all good. That's all. It's we we talked about other things. That, like, that's, that's the mystery of of that's the, the mystery, the universe. ongoing mystery. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the uh, the uh, yeah. It's where does it come from? We don't know. But anyway, uh, this is a goodbye from me, Lee. And a goodbye from me, Dave. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you on the next episode of One Shall Stand, One Shall Fall. One shall stand, one shall fall.